Hey, what's up? And welcome to the horror cast. This is a rotten round table episode number 65. That's right. Number 65. We are deep into December. Uh, Merry Christmas, Merry Slashmas, whatever you celebrate. Uh, it's great to be right in the middle of the holidays. Lots of uh, great holiday movies coming out and one, not so good one, which we'll talk about. And, uh, Excited to go around the round table tonight, talk a little bit about the horror news, talk a little bit about what we have been watching. I am your main host tonight, Mark Nado, and uh, I really got a tongue lashing on Facebook today, and I really want to talk about it. Let's bring in from L.A., Mr. Venom. Greetings and salutations, Christmas carolers. How you doing, Mark? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, and then we're going to bring in uh, from my neck of the woods, Captain Creepy. What's up, Cap? Hey, everybody. Uh, happy to be here and uh, happy to talk to my co-host tonight. How's everybody doing? We're good. There's Tammy. Uh, what's up, Tammy? <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> I am Tam so happy to be here. I am bringing it tonight. So Tammy is excited to talk about a particular movie tonight. She yep. found her uh, the equivalent of a soulmate yep. in a movie. If yeah. she could, if she could cuddle and spoon this. Oh, movie. I have been cuddling oh. and spooning it. Okay, okay, that's a so. She's been watching the same also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, and then we got a very special guest uh, from the internet, also horror mafia podcast. You know him as Don Anelli. What's up, Don? Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Hey, man, it's glad to. We're glad to have you. Uh, I'm interested to see what uh, you have been watching. You always have some uh, some great watches, uh, <laughs> usually a little different than what everyone else has been watching. So uh, looking forward to that, man. Mm -hmm. So right now we're going to, man, we're just going to dive right into it. Uh, our motto is all killer, no filler. So we're not going to talk about a dentist appointment or none of that crap, none of the weather, oh. right into the horror news. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, biggest story, I think, in the horror news, uh, and this is kind of going to be a, a mix of a review, because uh, I know at least two of us have seen this movie, and that is the debut of Black Christmas, the reboot. Uh, it took a hit at the box office. It only made $4.42 million domestically. Uh, and it took another 3.1 internationally, $7.52 million. And you would think, okay, that's not that bad because the movie was only a $5 million budget. Can you believe that? $5 million is all they yeah. spent on the movie? Uh, what? That means they didn't believe in this at all uh, mm. is exactly what it means. But uh yeah, it, it did not do well. It really, really underperformed. Um, how many did anybody else see this? Don, have you seen it yet? No, I don't go to theaters. Don't go to theaters. Tammy didn't see it. Captain Creepy, I know you didn't see it. Yeah, I just went out and saw it today. Uh, just kidding. Yeah, I knew you did. <laughs> I knew you did. So, so myself and Mister Venom are the, the theater goers, and we both saw this movie. And I want, want to say. Uh, I went in with an open mind. Uh, it seems like the the lead up to this movie, there has been some like really uh, in poor taste stuff stuff being said on the internet. Uh, a lot of a lot of this between men and women. 
look, I, I don't care. I think, I think women in horror is great. I think women being the heroes in horror movies uh, are great. And, and not always as a final girl, but as a lead, as someone who can kick behind as somebody who, you know, all of that stuff. Um, so went into this hoping it would be, uh, at least a decent slasher. Um, Mr. Venom, is that what we got? <laughs> uh, oh, wait, I'm not done. <laughs> oh, yeah, it should be our Easter egg at the end of the episode, by the way. <laughs> it's like the no. Vincent Price laugh and thriller. Ah! <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I was just uh, I was just telling Mark before the show that we're recording our uh, review of this movie on Fresh Cuts tomorrow, and Fresh Cuts is a uncensored podcast, so I'm going to have a lot more fun talking about it tomorrow. But man, I don't know what they gave us. This movie wasn't a slasher. It wasn't a supernatural thriller. I there is, and I hate to say this because I really hate to crap on people's art, despite. Despite the revelry that you're going to hear in my voice talking about it, I don't like doing it. I don't like poo-pooing people's art. But this movie has zero redeeming qualities. The acting is terrible. The writing is terrible. There are no effects, so I can't even say the effects are terrible because there are none. It is a PG-13 movie that feels like a television movie. Um and I, I I can go on and on and on, but I'm gonna I'm gonna save a lot of this for my show. But yeah, I'm I'm I don't know, Mark, what they gave us. I don't know what they were thinking about. Um, I understand, you know, that in this day and age, you know, in the Me Too movement, women are kind of pushing their way to the forefront, which is awesome. As you've already said, women in horror is spectacular. I considered 2018 kind of the year of women in horror because we were getting so many great um, acting performances and, and directorial performances from, you know, women behind the camera as well. But this movie, wow, this movie has no redeeming qualities, like I said. And you know what? Right before the show, you told me that the writer and director of this movie have kind of taken a break from social media because of some of the backlash that they're uh, getting. Uh, Yeah, they might want to stay off of social media for a while. The the pain of watching this movie is not going to go away for a long time. And considering it's the last theatrical release of 2019, it's going to leave that just nasty taste in my mouth until something, hopefully the grudge in early 2020, washes it out of my mouth because... Yeah, I'm ready to rail on this movie, but that this isn't really the time and place. But yeah, yeah. And all you need to know is Mr. Venom hated every second of that movie. So hot take. Alrighty then. Hot take. <laughs> so wait, hot take. Is it Mother or Black Christmas remake? Mm. Um, you know what? Black the Black Christmas remake is the Godfather compared to this movie. Ooh. I will watch that movie fifty times over before I ever watch this piece of garbage ever again. Ever you mean you mean again. Mother is the Godfather? No, oh, no, so. no, no. I mean the Black Christmas two thousand six remake. Is no, I meant. Oh. I'm right? saying, I meant Mother or this one. Yeah. Oh, remember, Mother you hated or Mother. this one. Yeah, uh, Mother ooh. or this one. Yeah, I think oh, maybe. I think, maybe, I, I think maybe my re-remake got cut out, but yeah, I meant Mother or this one. Okay, um, 
Ooh. Mother has many redeeming qualities. Um, mm -hmm. Mother was skillfully shot. Um, the performances I thought were great. I, you know, I thought everybody in the movie did a good job at what they were asked to do. For me, it was just the story of Mother was just so infuriating. I, I, I've said the comment before and I'll say it again. I walked out of that theater feeling like someone slapped me with a large print King James Bible right in the face. And that bothers me. That's not what I'm looking for in my entertainment. I have no problem with religion. If you practice religion, you know, fine. That's great. Good for you. But when I go to see a horror movie, I really don't want those ideas and concepts thrown at me so aggressively like that movie was. But having said all of that, I have, you know, I already said that that movie has redeeming quality. On a technical aspect, the movie is beautiful. The setting, the house, um, even the special effects of like all the burning and then the stuff coming back, almost like a, a phoenix rising from the ashes. Um, that that all looked good, and the soundtrack was fine. Like I said, it was just the story. With this movie, there is nothing redeeming about it. Even uh, what's her name, Imogene po uh, Poots, Poots, who. I usually enjoy in, in stuff that she does. Even she, it felt like she phoned her performance in. Mm. There was one scene in the movie where she talks about where she actually figures out what's going on. And she goes on this long diatribe on what she thinks is going on. And it's exactly what's going on. She called it perfectly. And I'm just like, really? Mm -hmm. You're missing like half the information that the viewers of the movie have, but somehow you figured all this out. It just, it was, it was convenient and weak writing to begin with. Um, like I said, the whole girl power, you know, female centric aspects of the movie don't bother me. You know, I was, I don't, I don't know for, I, I just didn't, I don't know what I was expecting. Cause yeah. as well, people know, I don't watch trailers. I don't read reviews. Yeah. I was Let me jump in here for a second. Yeah, yeah, Let me jump ahead. in here for a second. Um, I, I didn't hate it as much as you did, uh, although I did. I did think that it was it was a poor effort. It, it was it was a poor effort, and I think um, is, it was Blumhouse, wasn't it? Was it Blumhouse? Uh, I don't know who it was. Blumhouse, or I don't know what it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you could just tell that they didn't have any faith whatsoever in this movie. Nope. And that's why they cut it from R to PG-13 because it's, they needed to get every butt in the seat that they could possibly get. So they're trying to get the 13-year-olds. The but it wasn't the even like no. when they cut out the quote-unquote R-rated stuff, they didn't even do a good job doing it. You can no. tell by watching this movie that there's more footage that they didn't use because of where they would cut things. Yes. One what, of the most about, famous kills in the original yes. movie gets cut in this one. You don't see it. Are you kidding I, me? I'm not, like, you're talking about when the chairs turned around? Yes, the iconic chair turn. Exactly. And, and, and I'm getting ready to look, and I'm like, hopefully this is a cool shot, and it just cuts to the girl's face going, ah, and then and just a really abrupt cut. So the oh. editing in this movie is horrible. Yep. Um, and here, here's the thing with the whole message, uh, you were talking about with, with the, the movie mother having like a really heavy handed, uh, religious message, which, which I agree it, it does. Um, this, this movie is so heavy handed with, mm -hmm. with the, uh, the feminism and not, 
not normal feminism, okay? Because I know a lot of ladies who are feminists, and and I'm a feminist. Uh, women can do anything, you know. Uh, that I think they can do anything, be anything, and they should be uh, out there and doing whatever they want to do with their life. Um, I think they should get paid as much as a man for the same job. All of that, uh, I, I believe, all of that. But there's a difference between like being pro woman and being like anti man, mm-hmm. and 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 it it just seemed to me, it felt to me like every single man in the movie, except for one black, uh, mm-hmm. was being portrayed as a complete pig, possibly a rapist, mm-hmm. um, and, and just like no redeeming qualities. And I was like, that, that's not really what, you know, you're trying to get 13 year olds in here and that's what you want to teach them is mm-hmm. that pretty much all men are the enemy. Uh, and, and you can't trust any man. And, and, and it, it just kind of felt like, you know, that it was just very yeah. heavy handed. And by the way, I, I denounce all of that. you know, it, guys who are chauvinist and, and rapist and, and they, they, uh, they act like that, man, those guys are, those are not a representation of a real man, you yep. know? Uh, and unfortunately college is a breeding ground for, you know, adolescents who, who, you know, have not mm-hmm. grown up yet and they're drunk half the time and, and things happen, you know, in college that should not happen. Yeah. But, and, uh, you know, so that, I- that's what I felt, man. I, I felt I felt kind of slapped over the face with this yeah. over and but that's over, a, over like, again. The makers of this movie almost, it, it almost feels like they think their audience are idiots, male or female, because of how heavy handed the message is and how the one girl in the movie who was the major social justice warrior was just constantly, oh, never trust a man. Oh, all men. I, mm-hmm. Even the one, well, not the... They, they give us two examples of men in this movie who aren't, like, just complete scumbags, and they end up almost turning them both. It's just like, ah, mm-hmm. I don't understand what the message is here. I, I legitimately don't know what the message for young women is yeah. supposed to be from this well, movie. Well, the boyfriend who was who spoke up and yeah. was like, you're you're acting and you're talking like every guy is a rapist and every guy is a, they shut him down man they kicked his butt out of the house he could not have any more say because how dare you defend any man <laughs> and then yeah and then the black guy and and this is a this is he was such a milk toast character like with no mm-hmm. I, I don't even know why he was there he looked like he was 40, didn't belong <laughs> in, in college. And then uh, this was his big uh, line to the main villain. Hey, you suck a wet fart. Really? That's what you came up with? For, you know, when you're in a confrontation with somebody who either wants to indoctrinate you or kill you or do something, you're going to tell them to suck a wet fart? Seriously, that's the script writing that we're getting. Clever, yeah, especially compared, especially compared to a woman who gave who got the line "Get away from her, you bitch." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm was, almost. That's kind of a really shocking one there. I, I'm gonna get a T-shirt made up with this guy's face on it. 
And on the back, oh. it's going to say, suck a wet fart. Oh, and I'm going to wear God. it to horror cons. That's just, I mean, <laughs> it's iconic already. Uh, but, you know. Iconically so, bad, yes. Yeah. Let, let's move on from this. But neither one of us recommend it. it, it it's it's a waste of money. Oh, really. God. No, yeah, no. I, and I'm I was so hoping... happy. I was so concerned going into this weekend that it was going to make more money than Doctor Sleep because it was kind of a more youth-oriented horror movie, PG-13, blah 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 blah. More people in the seats. I am so happy to hear that it didn't even do half the box office Doctor Sleep did on its opening weekend. And even though Doctor Sleep was a financial kind of a flop too, yeah. I mean, yep. obviously most of us really enjoyed that movie. Mm. Uh, oh man, I was yeah, I was I was so worried that this was gonna like outperform it to the point where it might get a sequel. Oh my god. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway, well, speaking of sequels, on to the next bit. Uh Train to Busan Ooh. has a sequel set August twelfth, two thousand twenty. It's called Peninsula. Um Train to Busan was one of my favorite movies. Uh mm. did it come out in two thousand seventeen? I believe uh, so. 17 in Korea, 18 in the U.S. Yeah. That, or, or wait, is it 16 in South Korea, 17 in the U.S.? Okay, yeah. yeah. So it was two years ago here. Yeah. Phenomenal movie. Really good movie. Uh, I can't wait to see where they go with it. And, and um, what do you guys think? Well, Don, what do you think? You're, you're the Asian um, expert here. Well, Train to Busan is probably my second favorite Asian horror film of the decade after yeah. One Cut of the Dead. <laughs> oh, me and Don agree. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh -oh. yeah. yeah. I, um, we won't get into it, but I didn't. I didn't care for one cut of the dead. That's okay. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. I, I mean, I get it. I know that it's it's one of those weird ones where it's not for everybody. And mm -hmm. I mean, I hold, I hold no, I hold no grudges. I'm not even going to say everybody's <laughs> entitled to the wrong opinion. Yeah. I'm not even going to say that. <laughs> but. I mean, one cut just worked for me on just so many levels. But yep. for me, I'm an a I'm a Z Asian fanatic, and I'm also a zombie fanatic. So that's another reason why Train to Busan worked. And I'm purposefully trying to avoid everything I can about this to have the same experience I had when I first watched Train to Busan. Mm -hmm. And I frankly, I am looking forward to this as potentially being my movie of the year already. And do we do we yeah. know if it's like a like a continuation? Uh, are we going to have any of the same characters? I have heard it's the same creative team, but I possibly a different story somewhere else. I think it it's, would have to be yeah. Potentially, be, I think it's set in the same universe, maybe dealing with different characters in a different section of the country at so the like, same time. Like Fear the Walking Dead to The Walking Dead. You know, it's all the same universe, but it's a different group of people. So, yeah. I, I, think, yeah. I, I, think that, I think that's what they said. I mean, I'm trying not to look up too much. And, and I'm not sure. It says August 12, 2020. I, I, I'm thinking, is that... Is that that's going to uh, be the Korean release. Korean. Today. So we probably won't get it until 2021. Yeah, for us, more than likely 2021. I mean, considering yeah. the popularity of Train to Busan, I kind of think it's going to be available here later in the year. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not yeah. at the same time. But I, I think my prediction is before yeah. the end of 2020, we'll have it here. Maybe. I mean, I can probably see that as maybe like, unless Shudder does it as like a special Halloween thing. 
mm-hmm. or maybe even like some, dropping around like Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, that that is a the, good idea. Shutter probably me, will not get this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I to me that would be my like fanciful dream. I mean, like I said, fanciful dream, not best guess, but fanciful dream. Either dropping sometime around Halloween or Thanksgiving next year. Yeah. Other than that, maybe January, February, twenty twenty one. All right. Yeah. I hey, just I had a question. The popularity. Of- I had a question exactly, for yeah. you, Don. Question for you, Don. Yes. Have you seen the Divine Fury? Yes, I own it. I love that movie. Oh, it's <laughs> that's, amazing. That's a great movie, man. I, I love the uh, yeah. Divine Fury is one of my favorites favorites of the year. Um, yes. Mine too. Uh, I, I think it's underseen so far. So. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, probably some of my favorite exorcism scenes. Uh, oh, the yeah. Ch- the church beatdown. Yes. That, that is amazing. It's creepy. It's creepy. Yeah. It's good and, stuff. And yeah. action. Action to boot. You oh, know? absolutely. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Get, get yeah. on that, Mr. Venom. Oh, absolutely. I'm down. I, Divine Fury. Don knows I, I love I love Asian horror. I forget yeah. where it just came. It just came out somewhere. And it's got, a, well, it's got an English well, dub. Don't watch that. Oh, yeah, I would never um, uh, Watch the sub- subtitles. Yeah, um, I have the Welgo Blu-ray, so um, unless it's unless there's an, another version out there, but yep. <laughs> Alrighty, um, showrunners behind Game of Thrones to create a Lovecraft film for Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a graphic novel. Gra- graphic novel. Uh, there's a graphic <laughs> novel called Lovecraft. That is set in the 1920s, uh, and basically that's a world where all the monsters of Lovecraft are real. And uh, and, and I'm like, what? They're not? But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've uh, been worshiping all these. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, so that's interesting because you know I, I really enjoyed Game of Thrones, and uh, except for the you know they really rushed to get the the last couple seasons in. But at the height of Game of Thrones, uh, you know, seasons two, three, four, it, n- nothing better. I mean, it was just so uh, detailed, so well done. So I, I have uh, hope for that. I think next year is going to be the year of Lovecraft. I really do. We've already got the, uh, what's the Nicolas Cage one coming out? The Color Out of Space. Yeah, the Color Out of Space. That looks good. I think there's a couple other um, Lovecraft. Wasn't Lovecraft Country from uh, Jordan Peele supposed to be sometime soon? I think it's yeah, his next serious, next next project after yeah. Candyman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm yeah. saying I think as soon as that one's like finalized, I think they said he's supposed to start on that one. So Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be pretty sweet. I love Lovecraft. Um and then we've got two more things real quick. Uh Netflix. I was very excited. Uh Joe Hill's Lock and Key is a series that's coming in February. So uh, probably already pretty much done and in the can if it's coming out in February. Are you guys familiar with that? I am. Yeah. I mean, it's like a graphic novel series. Um, And, of course, everyone knows Joe Hill is uh, Stephen King's son. But, yeah, very, very good stuff, man. I'm looking forward to see what they do with that. Um, And then the last bit of news is the new Firestarter. Do we need a new Firestarter? Oh, no. yes, please give us more remakes. <laughs> <laughs> the new Firestarter is, is from, Black Christmas. Yes, it's from Blumhouse. 
Um, oh no! And, <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 called Firestarter. Please rated PG thirteen. Oh please! It, it's called Firestarter semicolon Black Christmas two. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping it was called Twisted Firestarter. Twisted, yes, Prodigy. Um, yes, there you go. You got it. But I was. I'm interested because I think that uh, could be updated, but I was thinking they got this guy to uh, direct it. His name is Keith Thomas. Mm-hmm. You thought I was going to say Keith Thompson. Uh-huh. But, uh, but Keith Thomas, he has one directorial credit, uh, which is a movie called The Vigil, which comes out in 2020, which, by the way, looks great. Um, it's like a Jewish horror movie. Um, but, like... Why him? I mean, he doesn't have any like hits or any like. Why not like Mike Flanagan or? Because he's cheap. Because he's cheap. That might be it. I don't know. Blumhouse likes to go the cheap route, right? Yeah, you can't have James Wan doing everything. He's yeah. expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, is anybody excited about that? Anybody? No. 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 <laughs> Would you? I have a question. Would you be down if they remade Christine? I personally, I'm not exactly quote unquote down with much of any remake. I I watch them all. I I don't boycott remakes. I'm not that much of an idiot. I will absolutely watch them when they come out, and I will give them you know their fair review. If you know, like this year we got the Child's Play remake, which I gave a very positive review to. I enjoyed it a lot. Then we also got the Pet Cemetery remake, which I did not enjoy and gave that an unfavorable review. So ultimately, I, I will watch all of these and I will give them their chance. I'll, I'll you know I'll I'll go in with as fresh a mind, as clear a mind as possible, without expectations. But I mean, if 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 you're going to tell me that you've got five million dollars and the options are make a Firestarter remake or make an original IP, I say make the original movie. I mean, yeah, it's not going to have it's not going to have the opening weekend numbers because it doesn't have the Firestarter name on it. But if it's a good film, it'll make us all happier than getting a Firestarter remake or any other remake for that matter. So, yeah, uh, yeah I just I would just like to state one thing. Mm-hmm. Opening weekend is not the only time people watch your movie. We watch your movie two, three, four weeks later. We watch your <laughs> movie two, three months later. It's entirely possible that you can make your money back later than you expected it to, but still make your money back. Sure. Yeah, but that's not how Hollywood thinks. No, you know, they're about opening they, weekend. They, yeah. If the opening weekend is, is down, it's a flop. You know, I mean, that's ridiculous. why we got seven uh, Transformers movies because people went out and saw them on opening weekend. I don't know why, but they did. So, mm-hmm. they were you know, good. that's why <laughs> some were good. What did he say? <laughs> I'm not going to say like... all of them. I said yeah. some were good. Yeah, were, the first couple yes. were good, but then then when uh, Mark Wahlberg got involved, they 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 went downhill. <laughs> you know. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So they did. They did. I'm serious. So, all right. Well, that is the horror news. When we get back, we are going to get right around the round table and talk about what we've been watching. Hey, love horror movies. Yeah, so do we. Handpicked by experts, psychos, demons, ghosts, the occult, zombies, killer kids, black magic, vampires, Shudder Kills, Netflix on selection, screams on demand. 
Shutter.com. Okay, we are back and going around the rotten round table, what we've been watching, and uh, we're going to let our special guest, Don, go first, man. What you've been watching? What's a, what's a movie you've been watching the last couple weeks? All right. Um, well, like you said, um, I am an Asian fanatic, so uh, why not start with some Asian horror? Mm. Uh, for those that don't know, um, I am a writer for a website known as Asian Movie Pulse. I'll give more details later. But um, through there, I usually manage to secure screeners and early release copies of various films, um, including my, my first choices, because most of these won't be uh, available in the U.S. for quite a while, so no sense carrying on with them for too long. Uh, the first one is uh, Sun Yi, which is um, an Indonesian remake of the South Korean film Whispering Corridors. Mm-hmm. Um, student arrives at a new school and becomes bullied by a group of uh, fellow students and then comes to find out there's a group of ghosts that haunt the school that strike back at bullies because they were killed through bullying. So um, really, really effective. Very, very good. Highly recommend that one. Um, I've heard that they're trying to shop around the title called Death Whisper as an English translation. Uh, I don't know where that comes from. I mean, I don't speak Indonesian, but... um, uh, the other one is a sequel to a film called uh, Kuntalanik 2, which um, I think some it may have, uh, the first one showed up on Netflix a few years ago, but uh, this is a sequel. It stars uh, most of the same characters. In the first one, just to give a brief uh, brief rundown, um, a group of kids at a uh, home in the, uh, this house in the small community um, try to uh, win this online competition through a uh, reality show where they investigate houses mm-hmm. and to like try to come up with like the best like gift you know, like the best like surprise like you can find inside of this inside of these rundown communities and these kids find this antique mirror in this house and they discover that it's haunted by this ghost that drags children back to the underworld and so the oldest teen has to try to gather them together and protect them and you know like conjuring kind of stuff yeah, I, I enjoyed um, the first one. Yeah, on I Netflix. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, so this is a sequel to that. Um, the daughter and all the kids come back. Um, it turns out that the, do- that the oldest daughter was contacted by what turns out to be her real birth mother. And she wants them to come visit and, like, you know, try to make peace before she passes on. And so they gather the kids together and they head out to this uh, house in the middle of the countryside. And come to find out that the mother is actually this other, the mother is this other ghost that's trying to retone for what happened in the first film. Um, uh, This is not quite as good as the original. Um, There's a few issues that I don't want to spoil too badly for some case. You know, you want to check both of these out. But um, uh, this one has a really, really good. I guess you would say fairy tale atmosphere because mm-hmm. most of the scares take place out in this cabin in the woods. So it's like forested areas and there's this, like it actually takes place during the daytime, not at night. So you're not out, you know, you're not out in like this other world. Um, it's really photogenic. And I think that's like it's best quality, but it's still pretty enjoyable. So um, if those pop up, those are, 
worth a watch if you're into that, that stuff. Um, Soon Yi is by far the better film. But um, if you're into that stuff, go ahead and uh, keep an eye out for both of these. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Asian horror. I really, I, I want to do what you do <laughs> so I can get the screeners <laughs> too. Uh, because a lot of times I see, uh, you know, uh, an Asian movie that pops up, you know, because I'm looking through and I'm seeing what's out. And, and, you know, you don't get to see it for two years, three yeah. years sometimes. I'm like, yeah. But, um, Really, okay. Netflix has been getting some of these movies and, and putting them out and really not even advertising them. Yeah, that's the weird thing because I knew that there was – there's this Filipino one called Eerie. Yeah, that, I love it. I yeah, love that movie. I had yep. no idea. I, I watched that uh, like if, just before you know the cutoff date for this. Mm-hmm. Why isn't it that being advertised as like this big thing to come on the service? That thing was incredible. It was great. It was great. You know, it's a, it's a school, you know, there's ghosts. It was, it was well acted. It was well shot. Uh, Don't ask me. It was impressive. I loved it. I mean, I, I mean, the only Filipino stuff I know is those schlocky women in prison films from the 60s, from the 70s and 80s. There's a a few, um, Filipino horror movies that, that I like that I, that I have. um, Yeah. Isn't, isn't Feng Shui Filipino? Uh, I haven't heard of like, that. It was like a team. It's movie. either, yeah, that one's either Filipino or Indonesian. Um, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, then it's definitely Filipino because I there remember was, Filipino. there was one about these these kids that their car broke down on a on a road, and I, I'll have to I'll have to get it, I'll get it to you, Don. I think you like it. Okay. It, I mean, it. It's years old. It's yeah. not a brand new movie, but uh, yeah. Um, like I said, I mean. Indonesia, uh, Philippines is probably the one country that I'm not the f- most familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, Indonesia, uh, Philippines, and Malaysia are probably like the my two lower lower t- end of the spectrum. But I mean, I saw Erie, and I was like, "Whoa, they advanced this much!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there was another, uh, I believe, it was an Indonesian movie uh, came out several years ago. I I can't find it anywhere. Can't get a hold of it. It was it was that clown, uh, B- Biodet. Bi- oh, um, oh, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think it's called Bo or so, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's the one. It looks really good. It looks freaky. Yeah. I love freaky clown movies. It is not available anywhere. I think it came out in like 2016. What are they waiting on? I mean, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe they made enough money in Indonesia that they don't need to to sell it anywhere else. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, love that Asian horror. So uh, I'm going to go next, and uh, the first movie I want to talk about is one that just came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, on VOD, it did get a very, very limited uh, theatrical release, I believe. But uh, it's called Daniel Isn't Real. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody else seen it yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this I haven't is, seen uh, it, but I've been seeing people talk about it on Instagram. I was kind of yeah. interested in it. Directed by Adam Egypt Mortimer. Um, a troubled college freshman named Luke suffers a violent family trauma and resurrects his childhood imaginary friend, Daniel, to help him cope. So what happens is Daniel as a kid has an imaginary friend and it's kind of neat because 
you see him playing with his imaginary friend and, and you actually see the friend <laughs> you see Daniel, but mm-hmm. no one else does. Um, and his mom, uh, since Daniel kind of influences Luke to do some things that are not quite nice, his mom tells him to uh, get rid of Daniel. So he locks him in this, you banishes him to this dollhouse. And then uh, as he gets older, he brings him back out to kind of help him cope with his, his mom and all that. And, and um, it, it's, it's, it's surreal, man. It's a weird movie. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, it, it's got a little bit of David Lynch in it. It's got a little, a lot of Cronenberg. Was oh, yeah. it put out by Blumhouse? Uh, no, I don't believe it's no. Blumhouse. No, no. no. Oh. I don't even know who, who put it out, but it, it can be um, uh, rented on VOD. Uh, I don't think this is, it's probably on Amazon prime as well to, to purchase, not, not to uh, see for free. Uh, um, but yeah, man, this, this is, uh, this is a real good movie. Uh, good performances. It's shot. Well, there are some really, uh, freaky creep, creepy body horror type stuff, uh, that goes on in this movie. And I recommend it. it it's, it, it's a candidate for my top 10 of the year. Um, it, it, it really is good. And I, this is, um, the, the director, Adam Egypt Mortimer, uh, he did, uh, some kind of hate, which mm-hmm. was from 2015. It was like a slasher. It was an underrated movie. Uh, I, I remember liking that movie. It wasn't like a, a world changer. He also did, um, uh, remember that movie holidays? Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. which was segment? that an anthology? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he was he did uh, the segment called New Year's Eve in that one. So and he also did the video for Breaking Benjamin's So Cold, which is a great wow. song. But anyway, please check that out. Um, it, it it might not be for everybody because it's not your typical, um, you know, slash him up horror movie. But it, it's it's really this guy struggling with mental illness. Maybe like split personality. Who knows what Daniel really represents? Um, you know, or is it really a supernatural thing that's happening? Is somebody really possessing him? You know, so mm. it, it's a uh, it's a good movie. You you liked it, Mister Venom? Oh, loved it. Um, I haven't quite put my top ten together yet, but uh, it is definitely a candidate. Um, I can't. If I had to guess right now, I'd probably say it would just miss it. But yeah, I, I'm right there with you. This movie is great. Just came out on December 9th. I was able to see it in a theater out here. Absolutely loved it. And uh, now that it's on VOD, I'll be able to give it a rewatch because I, I need to rewatch everything that you know is a candidate for my top 10 just so I can yep. put it in the proper order. But yeah, I'll, de- I'll definitely be checking it out again this week. Yeah, that's what December is for. The, mm-hmm. the rewatches of the candidates <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is uh, Annabelle uh, comes home on that uh, list for your uh, rewatches. That's, uh, spoiler. That's my number one. <laughs> Just, kidding. Just kidding. All right, Tammy, I know you're excited. Chomping mm-hmm. at the bit. <laughs> what is your movie? Well, so I had a come to Jesus moment. I think I may have found my, movie and it is it is called in fabric 
And I know we kind of poo-pooed this a couple weeks ago on the news. I think we kind of were like, oh, that seems dumb, a killer dress movie. Uh, it's not a killer dress movie. No. <laughs> um, it's a love seat. <laughs> yes, a killer, killer song. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to talk about it, especially not spoiling yeah, it. Um, well, I would. What, what was would, it that that you connected to? As strange as this may sound, I think this might be a woman's movie. And the way I would kind of like describe it is if like David Lynch and Dario Argento got married and had a baby, and that was this movie, and they brought in. Anna Biller from the Love Witch to do the sets, and then they went and rehired the witches from um, Suspiria 77, who are now in their retirement working for the devil at a department store. And that is this movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I need to rewatch it. I only watched it the once. I don't think I went to sleep till like four o'clock this morning because I was just laying there thinking about it. <laughs> it is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's about, I don't know what it's about. It's kind of an anthology, which I wasn't expecting. But it is it is just out there. I mean, it is art house, mm-hmm. uh, squared, cubed, whatever. I mean, it is the most art, art, unquote art house thing i've ever seen i don't i really don't even know how to explain it without and it's a bit comical don't you think it's a bit comical. it has it has its moments of levity definitely but i mean the thing that struck me most was just how it kind of related to sigmund sigmund freud's theories of fetishism Mm -hmm. it just reminded. it had freud written all over it which absolutely but if if you are Mm -hmm. offended by anything in the world this is not going to be the movie for you and um i i would i would i don't know if i could even really like i'm gonna say i love it so much but i would there's a lot of people i would have a hard time even like recommending this to it is either there's not going to be any gray you're either going to love this or you're absolutely going to hate it you're not going to make it 15 minutes Mm -hmm. into it but if 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 you can handle like really fetishy sex stuff and i watch the unrated so maybe the rated or what is might not be quite so bad but I was going to tell you, in the unrated, they go there. I mean, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's a story of, I guess, um, this dress. <laughs> sort So the dress really is kind of a secondary character. It's just the kind of thing that, like, loops these stories together. Um, you don't, but, and there's no, like, neat wrap-up at the end. You're not going to be, like, super satisfied or even have any idea what you're ju- what you just saw. But it just absolutely, like, wow, it made me feel something, which is kind of few and far between these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, because uh, you're dead inside? Yes, there? absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I personally, I think the strength in this film is its writing. It has some absolutely stellar writing, great performances. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the lines that Miss Luckmore actually <laughs> sets stuck yeah. with me. I mean dimensions and proportions transcend the prisms of our measurement i I don't even know what that line means but i can't get it out of my head 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I, it, this movie, I, it definitely spoke to Tammy more than it spoke to me. It sounds like this would definitely be a candidate for her, you know, top list of the year, if not her number one. Um, I, I could, it's definitely a candidate for me. I would need to rewatch it to really decide if there was, ah, I don't know, enough to really put it over the edge on some of my favorite horror films of the year. But yeah, I mean, I agree with Tammy. It is absolutely art house. Um, it relies more on its writing and its technical aspects than quote unquote story. I mean, the, you know, it, I just feel like the way that the story was presented to us was absolutely masterful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it sounds like I'm, you know, like this movie, like I love this movie as much as Tammy does. I just want to, I just want to, you know, objectively say that a lot of the things that Tammy's saying are absolutely correct, even though the movie didn't speak to me the way it spoke to her. And maybe Tammy's point about this being a, a female centric mm-hmm. horror film, there might be more truth to that than I want to admit. So I'll definitely mm-hmm. give it a rewatch. And, and, you know, once again, now that I know where the movie's going, I might be able to enjoy a lot of the stuff from the first and second act that maybe might have left me scratching my head a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, who knows? This yeah. it could end up in my top ten too. <clears throat> I definitely have to uh, rewatch it again. Uh, you can't deny the movie visually is beautiful. The the uh, score is really good. Acting is really good. It, it really is a work of art. Yeah. Um. But uh, this is not anything against the movie, but I remember the first thing I wrote when I first saw it was, man, this is some pretentious crap (laughs) because I was like, I didn't understand half of what I was watching. I guess I had to turn the captioning on. um, Mm -hmm. And I think that, I mean, I need to watch it once just to catch all the words. And I'd like to, like, not care about the words and just watch it for the visuals. Like, I'm going to revisit this many times. I've only seen it the once. But I think people are going to be, like, exactly like you. They're going to give up and be like, that is the most pretentious piece of crap I have ever seen in my life. I hate it. I hate movies. I'm becoming a nun. Like, you know, I'm like, I I am done (laughs) with movies. (laughs) But you know what? You know, I'm not that kind of person. Because there have been movies that I did not get the first watch, that I that I didn't get, and I was like, eh. But when you give it a second chance or a third chance, it, it grows on you, and you kind of think, um, you think about it a little bit more, and you start to understand. So I'm I'm definitely going to give it another chance um, because it it does. You know, it's just well made and it serves another chance. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, you really should too. Because I mean, we were talking before we before the show about this director and his pedigree. He's done some incredibly visual films, and this one goes right along those same lines. Um, I would say if you were a fan of the Neon Demon uh, from a couple of years ago, check this movie yeah. out. It, yeah. 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 All right, Mr. Venom, you're up. All right. My my first movie of the night is going to be my only 2019 movie. Um, since I've been watching so many Christmas horror films over the last month for various podcasts that I've done guest spots on, but <clears throat> excuse me, the this movie is the latest of the Into the Dark Blumhouse Hulu collaboration, where they you know they put out a movie every month based on that month's holiday or special event. So, of course, this being December, the Christmas episode of Into the Dark is called A Nasty Piece of Work. 
Um, it stars Julian Sands, yes, the warlock himself, in uh, <laughs> in what I thought was a fairly refreshing role for him because I mean he comes off equal parts friendly and jerk, you know, depending on the scene that you're watching. Um, this movie, <clears throat> I, I'm not even going to read the synopsis from IMDb because I didn't read it going into it, and I'm glad I didn't because there's a little bit of a spoiler in the second line of the synopsis. So if if you're if you're a fan of the Into the Dark movies, I recommend this. Is it a great film? No. Is it predictable? Very, incredibly predictable. Um, but it, it didn't. That didn't change the fun factor for me. I just had a lot of fun with this movie. This was definitely a, a turn your brain off and just enjoy some good performances, a, a decent little story. Like I said, it's not the most original thing. People who've seen movies like Would You Rather or The Invitation probably, you know, already know kind of where this movie's going. It's basically the story, you know, of this young couple, uh, you know, where the, the guy is a junior executive at this company. He's trying to get the promotion up to VP. He's invited to his CEO's mansion for a Christmas Eve dinner. And hilarity ensues from there. And I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. But like I said, if you've seen stuff like Would You Rather or The Invitation, then you know the dinner party from hell mm -hmm. is the basic theme of this movie. But like I said, I mean, this movie is not stellar necessarily in any way. Um, I just had a real, I had a lot of fun with it. None of the performances were bad. I was okay with, you know, our, our main protagonist. Uh, I believe their name was Ted and Tatum. And then we get... Another couple who's kind of uh, where the where the guy from that couple is also in competition with Ted for this same open VP position, um, you know. So it kind of just stem. It goes from there. I'm not going to say too much more about it because you get some major plot points like right in the first act, like the first quote unquote scene of horror, if you will, is uh, you know right there in the near the end of the first act. So I'm not going to say too much more about that. But like I said, this movie's not going to change the world. It's not anything that I'm going to watch every single Christmas. I mean, maybe every two or three Christmases, I might pop it on because I remembered having fun with it. But it, is the one it thing, very Christmassy? Not really. I mean, they use Christmas as a backdrop because um, at the right at the beginning of the movie, uh, Julian Sands as the CEO announces that there won't be Christmas bonuses that year, which obviously builds up a little bit of animosity between the employees and himself. And now he's inviting these two employees and their wives to his house to quote unquote compete for this, you know, perceived promotion. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's it's not it, it's very middle of the road. Um, I can see how some people will love it. I can see how some people will hate it. Um, and ultimately, neither opinion is wrong. But all I can say is, I watched it with my wife. We both had fun with it. It was nice to see Julian Sands return to horror. Um, you know, this was uh, it's directed mm -hmm. by Charles Hood, who doesn't really have much of a horror pedigree, much of a film pedigree, really. I think this was only like his third or fourth. Um, a feature film, and I, I had never heard of anything else he had done. So, um, I but heard, yeah, I heard I, that I, Julian Sands is the one that called um, Blumhouse. And, really? And wanted, yeah, I heard that's he he reached out and said he wanted to do something like this. Oh, that's um, awesome! Yeah, well, he was and, definitely the shining spot in the in that movie. Yeah, you definitely. Didn't, you I didn't mean. like it? No, and I, you know, I've kind of been championing championing these Hulu Into the Darks. This one just, it wasn't, just wasn't my thing. 
And to me, it was a little more Belco experiment than, um, I know that's just what made me think of. It's not bad. It's definitely turn your mind off and just, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not going to change your life or anything like that. It was just a a little mean-spirited maybe for me. I watched the trailer and I think I got a little bit, and I could be way off base here, a little bit of like a ready or not vibe. No? Mm -hmm. Kind of, maybe in the first and second act. Um, yeah. I, I can kind of see it, yeah, actually. Yeah, that, that, um, that's just the Belco vibe. Exper- yeah, Belco experiment I can't really agree with because that was just flat out kill each other or die yourself. This this one, yeah. this nobody was there, there was that in here. No, nobody was forced to do anything here that they didn't want to do. They could, yes, The they, front door they, was open the whole time. They oh, could. No, no, no. Yes, they were. Oh, 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 I'm going to have to watch this argument. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, Tammy, because literally there were constant arguments on whether they should leave or go, and the owners never flat out. Why couldn't, but why couldn't they leave? They had to stay and do it. They were compelled. Yes, they were compelled. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But they weren't forced. They weren't prisoners. This wasn't. Uh, this wasn't like. Would you rather? Of the mind. They, of the mind. They were. The power uh, of Christ compelled them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. All right. So yeah, and I, I'm. I'm a big fan of those into the dark movies. I think that's a great idea. I hope they keep it coming for years to come. I really I'm do. Some are hit. Some are miss. But the fact that you get a new, uh, you know, horror movie every month. Uh, centering around like a holiday is, is I mean, it's great. It's great. Yeah. So, glad. all right, Captain Creepy, we're up to you. What have you been watching? Well, on October 31st, 2010, a Dutch film was born. Oh my it's God. my, it's my soulmate. And it took me nine years to discover it. It's the movie Scent or translated to Saint. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I discovered it in the, uh, the dollar budget band at the uh, dollar store. Well, and we I are, we are reviewing that on the next horror cast. Are we? <laughs> are we yeah. really? Yes, <laughs> we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, I've watched it already, so there you go. Uh, Do you it, like it, it? It had potential, but uh, it, it had a lot of... <laughs> it had a lot of uh, cheesiness to it, too. But I, I, I'm now seeing that it's, uh, it's supposed to be a dark comedy, so uh, slash horror. So. Was, that, was that the one at the dollar store? Yeah, well, I was one of them. I like, uh, was, yeah. it a, was it a Blu-ray? Nah, that was DVD for that one. Oh, but yeah, I was gonna uh, say that, I'll buy it. I'll you. That, that was <laughs> my, yeah, if I, I was the only one I found of that. Believe it or not, but uh, yeah, I got that Wolf Cop, Twixt. Nice. Uh, Twixt. Yeah. Twixt yeah. is uh, it's okay. Got a little um, uh, Ellie L Fanning in there and uh-huh. uh, Val Kilmer, Fat Val Kilmer. Yeah. So th- yeah. those are all a dollar each. So. Oh. It's, uh, that's a steal for Wolf Cop. I absolutely <laughs> love Wolf Cop. Oh, really? Oh, all right. Hold it with a passion. Oh, my God. I, and the second one is just as good. Another Wolf Cop. Um, obviously, sequels, you know, especially for us horror fans, we're always a little, you know, trepidatious with sequels and if they're going to be as good as the first. The se- Another Wolf Cop was just as entertaining as the first one. I love, I love, I love the catchphrase, half man, half wolf, all cop. Yes. <laughs> And you get, you get twice as much wolf penis in the second one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is true. Twice <laughs> as much. Anyway. All right. 
<laughs> all right, Don, we're back up to you. Anything else? Uh, all right, yeah. Um, so, unlike your last episode of Horrorcast, where you mentioned you're not a huge fan of Christmas horror films, I am a huge fan of Christmas horror films. In fact, I hold an entire weekly marathon of Christmas horror movies every year, which just so happened to include with this week. So, um, yeah, um, that'll be what most of my net, the, my uh, net remaining uh, choices are. So, uh, like you, I'll give out the crap list. Give a uh, guess. Give a uh, two guesses what the uh, theme was. Oh. It would Christmas be zombies. I don't know. No, Krampus the Christmas Devil. Oh God. Krampus two the Devil Returns. <laughs> Mother Krampus. Yes, Mother Krampus. Mother Krampus two Sleigh Ride. Oh, oh there's God. a sequel. I didn't know. Yeah, there's a sequel. Sweet and. Jesus. Finally, Krampus Unleashed, which is safe for last because that's actually the best of the trilogy the series. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Krampus so... was good campy fun, though. Yeah, and, don't, and don't get in the pool after you eat because you're Krampus. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm so... Um, Badoomed. Yeah, if you haven't uh, guessed what the theme was, it was uh, schlocky ripoffs of uh, Michael Doherty's movie Krampus. So all of these were direct-to-video um, cash-ins. Uh, Krampus, uh, Christmas Devil, and uh, Krampus 2, The Devil Returns are about... Um, the first one is this cop who was abducted by Krampus as a kid, but escaped, who is now a uh, cop who is investigating a series of child abductions. Um, apparently, there's uh, some biker in there that's needing revenge on the cop for putting him in jail years earlier. And uh, they forgot to include Krampus in the film because he's only involved in the film for five minutes. Uh, yeah, that's seriously. Uh, I watch crap, and I, I can't say much good about that one. <laughs> we all watch crap. We're horror fans. <laughs> yeah, well, this one, um, it's a horror film that features maybe five minutes of Krampus. Wow. That's all oh, they no. have the budget for. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, we got this suit for five minutes. <laughs> Row! <laughs> yeah. Krampus 2, um, the cop is searching for um, the survivors of the end of the first one. Yeah, um, they're survivors from the first movie. He's uh, searching for them because Krampus takes them. And uh, apparently the brother of the guy that was ki- the brother of the prisoner that escaped in the first one is searching, seeking revenge. So, yeah, that's another shit one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jerry, you've seen Mother Krampus. Uh, yes. you know what that is. Yeah, Mother Krampus is, um, see how they tie this one in. It involves a village in the middle of the UK who burned a witch, a woman alive for being a witch, and who comes back from the dead to carry out a curse on the children several years later. So, yeah, where's the Krampus tie in there? Mm. Intense. But, uh, yeah, it's a. She becomes Krampus. No, there is no such thing as Krampus. She's just a ghostly witch. So they call her they, they just Krampus. called it Mother they, Krampus. Yeah, they called it Mother Krampus. Yeah, and <laughs> it has nothing to do with Krampus. Right, because it's right. not a. It's a ghost. It's a, the ghost of a. It's the ghost of a woman who was burned alive because they said she was a witch. Wow. Yeah. That that might be Classic. a little bit of a cash grab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think. 
Yeah, so um, figure out how the sequel carries on. So the sequel is about an escaped mental patient who slaughters a family in this Chicago uh, tenement complex and uh, several days later meets up with a group of girls on community service delivering food to the needy and they get caught up in a rampage. Jesus. <laughs> That's obviously the sequel to Mother Krampus. What else exactly. would it be? Yeah, so notice I said in the first one, Mother Krampus takes place in the UK. Mother Krampus 2 takes place in a Chicago tenement complex. Mm. <laughs> it's Candyman. Yeah. Christmas. And uh, oh. Krampus, yeah, Krampus Unleashed is about um, an old West gold digger who, per- who stole a hoard of gold and used the Krampus demon to protect it. And they, the gold is discovered by a family living it out in the middle of Arizona in the present day. And Krampus is unleashed because they took the gold and began slaughtering the community. So very Christmassy movie. Well, no, they all take place on Christmas or Christmas Eve. So. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. So, uh, that was my uh, crap list for the week. <laughs> those those sound uh, interesting. Very interesting. They're not as good as my two favorite Christmas movies of all time. Santa Uh-oh. Jaws and, <laughs> and Mrs. Claus. Remember that one? Yeah. I didn't oh. hate Mrs. Claus, if I remember. I, <laughs> I, think, I actually watched that one as well for my Christmas marathon. <laughs> I was going to say that one because I liked it. <laughs> yeah, oh I, I remember God. not hating it. Like, oh, it's terrible, but I just yeah. remembered not hating it, yeah. Yeah, and Santa Jaws is Santa Jaws is one of my all-time favorite sci-fi channel movies. <laughs> that is... Jaws, it's a Santa shark! Exactly! <laughs> oh, and it, it looks, so, it it looks is... so fake! I mean, come on, it's a, it's a shark with a candy corn unit with a candy cane unicorn on its head. How oh, is that not fun? God, and he's wrapped up in Christmas stuff. And he's Don wrapped, loves that stuff, man. He's wrapped up in Christmas tree lights. He's got, uh, uh, you know, the decorative balls for teeth. <laughs> he's got a Santa hat on his fin. I mean, come on, this is awesome. What, what's not to like? <laughs> exactly. Well, the CGI, but I mean, <laughs> needs Santa Jaws too. I wouldn't mind. All right. All right. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm going. I'm going. I'm switching from Christmas to uh, Creatures. And I watched a uh, 2019, just came out, actually, December 6th, 2019. It's called Dark Light. Anybody uh, heard of this one yet? Heard of it. Haven't yeah. seen it. Uh, it's available on you know iTunes, VOD, all that. Uh, a woman returns to her family home and discovers it to be inhabited by monsters. And the monster uh, actually kidnaps her daughter. And uh, this is, uh, I think his name is Padraig Reynolds. I've uh, talked to him a little bit on Facebook back and forth because he is the director and writer of a movie uh, called Open 24 Hours. That is like been a festival movie for the last two years. And I was... I said, when is this movie coming out? Because it's like a slasher, and, and I've heard really good things about it. And and he said that uh, hopefully early 2020 it'll be coming out. So I'm not sure why this movie came out before his previous movie. Who knows? He also wrote and directed um, uh, The Devil's Dolls. Remember that a couple years ago? Yeah. 2016? 
wasn't a bad little movie. And then he also was the writer of a movie called Rites of Spring. Ooh, I, I, I saw that one. Yeah, that I, I liked. I liked that one quite a bit too. So he's got some potential, and, and he's he's a director and a writer that I'm, I keep my eye on. And I enjoyed this movie a lot. This is a creature feature. the The creatures are practical. Um, it, it's really crazy design. And all I will say is, it says dark light. These creatures have like a a glowing light on their head. Uh, and they they suck the life force out of humans, and and it helps it helps them to to live and and like it makes their the the thing on their head glow. It, it's it's interesting. I've never seen it like that before. I've never seen anything like this before. This doesn't star anybody that I really know. Uh, Ed Brody, Christina Clifford. Yeah, I, I don't know any of these people. But all the performances were, were pretty good. Uh, it's a small cast. Uh, but if you are a creature feature person, this is uh, a must-see because the, the the design and the creature effects were, were pretty decent for a, a smaller budget movie. That's called Dark Light. All right. All right, uh, Tammy, what else you got? All right. I am bringing some more whole lot of love for another movie. Um, and I have to eat a little bit of humble pie because a couple, well, I've kind of been saying actually that I hate all remakes, but, uh, I gave in and watched the Rab- rabbit, the, uh, Cronenberg remake. Right. And I have Oscar decided, sisters. yes, I have decided that I just got to see these movies as like a standalone because it really had nothing to do with the original. It's kind mm-hmm. of, they, I mean, there was a few nods, but they it's pretty much, thing. It, yeah, it's in name only. Yep. And if I hadn't given this movie a chance, I would have really missed out on something. I really liked it. And I have to say, these are some of the best practical effects. Major props to them because I saw, I was kind of watching, I saw one instance where I could tell they were using CGI. And I think all the rest of it, unless I just couldn't tell, was all practical. It was amazing. They did a great job. It's I think it's kind of a, a girls' movie again, or uh, women might get a certain uh, appreciation for it that mm-hmm. I liked it men, too. Yeah, men wouldn't, but not to say that they wouldn't understand or enjoy it because they totally would. But um, I just I thought it was great. It, I'm going to put it on my list for one of the best of the year, and maybe I have to give some of these remakes a try because I really really enjoyed this one. It was great. Yeah. That's why I don't across the board poo-poo remakes because I know that every now and again we're going to get something really, really great. And I agree with you. I, I loved Rabbit. I saw it this weekend again in a theater out here in L.A. Um, I actually got to see it at the Academy Awards Theater where they screen all the Academy Award nominees for, for the committee. So that was mm-hmm. interesting getting to see a bloody horror movie in the Academy Awards Theater. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm right there with Tammy. I, I really, really like this. This was a surprise. I, I actually am a fan of the Soskas. But mm-hmm. I did not, because of my love for the original and all things Cronenberg, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't holding out too much hope that this would really be much of anything. But I still, yeah. you know, it paid my 16 bucks. I went and saw it. And yeah, I did not regret it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a semi-fan of the uh, Soska Sisters. I, I, I kind of like um, 
American Mary a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, it's a dead hooker in the trunks. Pretty good. Yep. Uh, and I think there's segment on ABC's of death too was, was mm-hmm. decent. Um, but this, this right here, I think they've taken a step forward. Mm-hmm. And, like it's like another level. Like I, I didn't feel like sometimes I kind of feel like that hokiness in, in their, in their stuff. Th- this sure. one was like, no, this is like balls to the wall. This is, this is something that I, I can really get behind. So I, I, uh, you, know, you just got to separate it from the original. Yeah. Don't go in looking for yeah. Cronenberg or whatever. Just just say this is a completely new story, and yeah, it's it's fantastic. I think the um, uh, the lead actress in this, uh, Laura mm-hmm. Vander Vandervoort, uh, I believe yes. her name is. Uh, I'm not even sure what else she's been in. Smallville. Uh, she was in Jigsaw. A um, couple of things, but she she did a great job. Yeah, everybody was, was good really in good. here, really, mm-hmm. really good in here. And this, this could be a standalone. Although, you know, if it was a standalone, I'm not sure I would have been so interested in watching it. So maybe they were smart to market it this way. But it really, I mean, those are big shoes to fill to fill yeah. a Cronenberg movie, and uh, you just gotta let that go because this is so good on its own. Um, yeah, I mean, I I hate to say. Nobody's ever going to be Cronenberg, but in its own way, this movie's right up there. I really think so. Yeah, Uh, it really is. Even though they didn't, um, you know, follow the same kind of story beats that Cronenberg did in his original, spiritually, this has a lot to do with Rabbit, or at least has similarities to the original Rabbit. So I I was was inspired by it, yeah. Yeah, very loosely, but still. Yeah, you can see the inspiration in there. Um, they definitely, There's just a certain kind of magic to '70s movies that I don't. You just can't. It can't be recreated. It, it's just. It would be impossible. But I mean, and it's it's definitely Canadian. It has that feel about it. Um, I mean, it's almost like they could have called this anything, and I pe- think people would have watched it and be like, "Oh, that sort of harkens back slightly to a, an early Cronenberg movie," you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think you know, people would have appreciated it. Calling it rabid, they definitely got more eyes on. Oh, it. me! It got me. I, like I said, I don't know that I would have sought at, sought it out. I might have just thought, "Oh, it was just another like Redbox renter," you know, by the mm-hmm. picture that they had on the front of it. But yeah. uh, absolutely must see. It, Jerry, you're lucky to have seen it in a theater. I think it would have been great. Um, yeah. Something bigger than a 48-inch TV. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely recommend. Yeah. All right, Mr. Venom, what you got? All right. Well, friends, go on a trip with me back to 1975. We're going to go all the way to the beautiful country of Italy, and we are going to talk about all. Lotto's 1975 classic, The Night Train Murders, or in its Italian title, it's La Ultima Treno della Notte, which literally translated is Last Stop on the Night Train. So we've got like a few titles to choose. Um, I'm on the night yeah. train. I'm sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> no Guns N' Roses in my presence, please. Um, Anyway, um, synopsis goes like this. A pair of psychotic hoodlums and an equally demented nymphomaniac woman terrorize two young girls on a train trip from Germany to Italy. Um, Anyone who's ever seen this film knows that it's Aldo Lotto's answer to Wes Craven's The Last House on the Left. It it follows the same um, kind of beats, but uh, aside from, excuse me, 
apart from being uh, set like on a lakeside, like the original, this one, of course, is set on a train, a series of trains, actually, because they actually change trains a couple of times in the movie. But um, man, this movie is a brutal one. It's it's very if you have problems watching rape, sexual assault, incredibly psychotic violence towards women you may want to skip this one yeah i I said it's a 1975 movie but man the the equivalent obviously more people have probably seen the last house on the left that at least that are listening to this show so you all remember you know the uncomfortable kill you know rape and kill scene you know by the lake there in -hmm. this movie they do the same thing in one of the train cars uh to an absolutely just innocent beautiful little girl and it is hard to watch the things that they do to her uh, you could make the argument are worse than what we saw in the last house on the left actually no argument be be damned i it is worse i mean the things that they do to this woman are just unfortunate um like i said it, uh, it is a christmas movie as w- everything that i'm going to be talking about tonight it's set on crit i shouldn't say it's a christmas movie it is set on christmas eve these two girls are you know leaving uh their university in germany to go back home to italy well one of them lives in italy the other one is like uh, the girl's best friend who's going home with her you know for christmas break uh they run afoul of these two degenerates who basically um you know, they don't have a ticket for the train. They basically stow away into the train. They steal their way on. And then once they're discovered, they get off the train. Unfortunately, the girls also got off the train trying to avoid these two guys and jumped on another train. And of course, our two guys, you know, they jump on that same train um, throughout the course of the movie. As I said in the synopsis, our two hoodlums kind of hook up with this weird nymphomaniac woman who's excited by both sex and violence. So she basically turns into kind of the ringleader of the whole thing and is, is almost, uh, you know, almost directing the action, basically telling these two guys what to do to this girl, you know, forcing the other girl to watch, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's an incredibly difficult to watch rape scene where the thugs actually grab a guy from who isn't a part of the situation, just a random old guy who was on the train and they force him to rape one of the girls. It's just, yeah. I mean, everything Mm. that I'm describing about this movie is it's five times worse than even what I'm talking about. It is a debaucherous little film, but it is, you know, for for those who can handle extreme cinema, it's a well, it's a very well-made movie. It's obviously it's Italian. It's got the Italian aesthetic. Um, you know, like I said, the violence is really convincing. You know, it's I can't say enough good things about it, but at the same time, I can't really recommend any normal people watch it. <laughs> so I would say hey, <laughs> you have a twisted mind like I do. If you enjoyed The Last House on the Left um, and movies of that like I Spit on Your Grave would be another example, then I would definitely seek out Night Train Murders 1975. I'd be interested. Don, have you seen this one? No, that's one of the few Italian ones that I've missed. Yeah. Uh, I reviewed this on 22 Shots during uh, Italian Month. We did three Aldo Lotto movies. And uh, yeah, this one, wow. Thank God I, I kept this to the third movie to watch because I don't know if I would have wanted to watch any more of his movies after this. It's a, 
like I said, it's a hard watch, man. If you think Last House on the Left is rough, then just stay away from this one because yeah, you're you're probably just gonna get mad at me <laughs> for recommending it. But yeah, because it's nothing um, says Merry Christmas exactly like brutal rape on a train. Jerry, oh. how old are the girls? Oh, they're young. They're probably like college freshmen. Oh, okay. They're very young and cute. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, I know it's a film. I know everybody's fine, but man, when when it's when it's that well made, it, it, I mean, a movie that can make me cringe. I mean, that's special. Yeah. I mean, I I, I watch a Serbian film for fun, and this movie made me cringe. So yeah, take take to um take that bit of information and do what you will with it. Either avoid this movie or seek it out. Um, I don't know that it's readily available on streaming anywhere, so you'd probably have to get the uh, Italian DVD so, if you wanted to try it. Ninety-nine cents on YouTube. Nice. There you go. <laughs> yep. So don't all the it. debauchery you can take for ninety-nine cents. Why, oh, why don't man. you do us a favor and, and wait till Christmas Eve to pop this one on and oh, uh, get yourself a cup of eggnog, sit by the fire, <laughs> uh, send the kitties to bed. Oh yeah, it's a perfect date night movie. First date yes. too. Make sure it's the first date. Ho ho Great. ho! <laughs> All right, <clears throat> Keith, Captain Creepy, what you got? Well, it's funny you mentioned the ninety nine cent one because the next one I'm about to talk about is also <laughs> ninety nine cents on YouTube, and it's a uh, it's a small independent art house film that uh, had a modest budget of seventy nine million. Uh, was not produced by Blumhouse. Uh, we're talking about it, Chapter Two. I just watched it again last night. It was 99 cents on YouTube? Uh, yeah, but I didn't watch it on that. I'm just saying, I'm looking below, and it, it says that it's available for 99 cents on YouTube. The new one? Yeah, that's what it's saying. Really? 99 cents? That's a, what that's, a bargain! Uh, you ain't kidding, because <laughs> right below that it says Google, 599, Voodoo, 599, uh, Prime, 599. So YouTube yeah. must be having some kind of special going on. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so uh, what is what is your take on uh, it? Chapter two. I, I've I've heard some people say they don't like it as much as the first one, which I don't get. I, I like it equally as as good as the first one. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I thought that the way that they the way that they handled the trauma that Pennywise inflicted on these right. kids, you know, as children, and how they dealt with it as adults, I, I just right. thought was absolutely stellar. Um, I may be one of the few people that actually likes chapter two more than chapter one. I understand why everyone loves chapter one. You know, everybody always feels worse for kids uh, mm -hmm. when they're in a perilous situation than they would for an adult. But like I said, the way that they handled and really you could kind of you could call it PTSD. I mean, obviously, none of these people have seen war, but they've seen right. Pennywise, which is right. probably worse. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just the way that they deal with their trauma the way that they deal with their own like demons and the interactions that they have with each other, I thought was just masterfully written and performed. I loved all the casting choices. It's not a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, you still got a lot of CG, you know, a lot of jump scares, blah, blah, blah. The same kind of things that we complain about a lot, but ultimately, yeah, this was one of my favorite movies of the year. Yep. <laughs> Mine too. It's definitely. Oh, in my I top actually five. agree with Jerry, I agree with Jerry on that one. You know, it's my claim to fame was that I dared to admit on this very program that I did not like the first one, and it got me kicked off of here for a year. <laughs> no stop. But, <laughs> I'm on. I am back on a trial basis, and I am gonna just let my freak flag fly and say that I actually liked 
this one much better. All yeah, right. that opening scene on the bridge, it, it sets the perfect tone because it just instantly makes you uncomfortable with this town of Derry. That, you know, even though the the town of Derry in chapter one came off as kind of, you know, there's something wrong under the surface, that opening scene of chapter two just makes you hate that town. And yeah. it was well, it that, was just what, so effective. A lot of people think that that happened because Pennywise, but no, that act awakened pennywise exactly you know the 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 evil in that act awakened him so yeah yep it's very it's a very good movie uh i have it on uh blu-ray already I, i'm waiting for the uh uh the big master one AK. movie cut <laughs> no they're gonna he's gonna be doing like a supposed to be doing like a master cut that uh, blends both movies into one film gotcha. and and also uh, puts in a lot of uh, deleted scenes and stuff so you know it'll probably be like six seven hours which i'm good with so not in one sitting anyway yeah yeah <laughs> all right don all right so um i guess now it's time to talk about the good stuff on my christmas watch list so uh let's start off with uh sleigh bells which yeah i had a lot of fun with this one um so it's about a group of girls um i think i i believe the two with the hair um the two that had the uh hair that had like the weird hair color those two were friends and then the other one was like an inner was like a interloper right i believe that's correct yes yeah i haven't seen it since last year Okay, so um, the the premise is that these group of girls are going around on like um, I think they're like YouTubers or something. They're like they photograph themselves like breaking into like weird places and weird and like abandoned places and just like taking souvenirs and like exploring the stuff. And they bring their friend along to like you know have an adventure with them. Like she's the uptight one that always like you know like the party pooper. But then they like bring her along to like loosen her up and all that. And they decide to visit this um, abandoned amusement park that's like this like Christmassy like Santa Land kind of a thing. And they stumble upon the fact that inside the place, Santa Claus is keeping Krampus safe from humanity. Ugh. And Krampus gets unleashed, and then Santa has to team up with the girls to try to track him down. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed, you know... It's really fast paced. It's only like what an hour and fifteen minutes, hour and twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like flies by. Really fun, um, practical Krampus. Um, so big plus there. Uh, I'm not a fan of the second act twist. Um, I don't like what they do with one of the major characters. Um, it's sort of like one of those where it just feels like tacked on just to throw another villain into the plot that didn't need it. Um, I think Jerry could say this. Um, I mean, I'm try not to be too spoilerific about this, but uh, the it may just ends up making the finale feel like it just goes by in like five minutes. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, it's sort of like the one area that I'm really not a huge fan of, mm. but um, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, the girls are funny, and I like all of the different attempts that Santa has to use to try to convince them that he's Santa. Because <laughs> uh, if you're not aware, um, Santa in this is um, Barry Botswick. 
<laughs> Great performance, by the way. Yeah, one of his like best. Yeah, he's he's funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to spoil it too much because it's last year, so it's like barely not even out like a full year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, need to yeah, I don't, this. Mark. I don't. I don't. I would probably predict that you wouldn't like it. Um, there's enough camp in there that would probably end up taking you out of it. My suggestion would be when you watch it, just turn your brain off and just try to have a mindless good time. And I think you'll be able to accept it. Yeah. Um, I think I'm coming in kind of generous with this. It's probably like a really weak seven out of 10. Okay. So that's, like, that's probably right where I would be too. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, between the six and a half to seven and a half range, like Emmett, like one of those kinds of movies. And that's what I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna yeah. give it a try because it, it's yeah. you know it it sounds like a cool premise. So I'm gonna yeah. give it a try. Yeah. It's on. Yeah, you can find it on Tubi for. I think it. I think it's still there. So. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and uh, but speaking of uh, Jerry, Mother Krampus Two is on Tubi as well. Oh, nice. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> I know what I'm doing tonight. Don't forget that. <laughs> All right. I'm back up. I am back up and I'm going to go with a, uh, a new movie just came out. Uh, it actually came out in September, a limited theatrical release. We, uh, Brandon Young of anatomy of fear podcast, uh, and frequent guest with you guys on fresh cuts and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on here and he talked about, this is one of his favorite movies of the year. Uh, finally got to see it. Cause it, it just came out like in December, the beginning of December on VOD. It's called freaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen it yet? I have. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's really, um, it's really unique. I like the movie. It, it's I'm not sure if it's quite horror. It, it's definitely horror adjacent and, and you mm-hmm. could, and you could say that, that, you know, it, it's got enough horror in it to, you know, uh, include it. And that's what I'm going to do. It's more of like a mystery sci-fi with some horror elements, but, uh, a girl discovers a bizarre, threatening and mysterious new world beyond her front door after she escapes her father's protective and paranoid control. So there's this, uh, little girl, uh, played by, um, let's see, what's her name. I want to give her props cause she was good. Lexi Colker is her name. And she's really good in this movie. Um, she might be what? Eight years old. Eight, nine About, years old. Yeah. yeah, she's really good actress. Um, her dad is uh, Emil Hirsch, and he's basically got her in this house. It's all boarded up. She's not allowed to go out. Uh, they rehearse what she is supposed to say if something ever happens to him, and she has to interact with, with people. Um, it's got <laughs> Bruce Dern as uh, who you think is like the evil Mr. Snowcone. He's like, uh, he, he comes by in, in this ice cream truck and he's trying to lure her out of the house. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, and I'm not going to spoil anything, uh, as to what's going on here because it's just best that you watch it and you find out on your own, like what's actually happening. Um, is her dad a nutcase or is he really protecting her? what's going on it's it's uh it's definitely interesting uh so this is a very well-made movie and uh i I would recommend it 
highly, highly, highly. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, the movie also stars Amanda crew, which, uh, some mm -hmm. genre fans will know her, uh, from the haunting in Connecticut and final destination three. So yes, she's got a little bit of a horror pedigree in there. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And I think that I'm trying to, trying to find out what these directors have done, but I don't see much zap Zach, uh, Lipovsky is one of the directors and it doesn't look like he's done any directing. It's, it's mostly producing. I mean, he's mm -hmm. done some, uh, uh, Kim possible, the TV movie. There you go. Um, dead rising watchtower. Okay. I remember that one made for TV from, uh, 2015 leprechaun origins. Oh. Uh, <laughs> let's not hold that against him. No, um, no, let's not. And then his co-director Adam B. Stein, they basically do everything together because mm -hmm. he's got all the same kind of like um, uh, credits. So it's definitely to me, it's like a breakthrough movie. Like I'm, I'm not. Sure. They haven't done anything. Yeah, like this, and this is this is definitely something to to keep an eye out for. Freaks. Yeah. All right, Tammy. All right, I'm staying on my love train, and I am bringing something that is also kind of horror adjacent. But it reminds me of that 2018 movie that was on Shutter called Revenge. Nice. If that had a baby with um, what do you call? From Dust Till Dawn, and this is a this is a little series that's on Hulu called reprisal hey, hey my buddy's in that really oh yeah my, michael shane callahan okay Look him up. yeah he's you my guys <laughs> okay have you watched this uh just the first episode okay well watch the whole i only meant to watch the first episode too and i ended up i'm an independent yes i'm an independent contractor so i can work whenever i want and i usually work on sundays well I didn't work on Sunday because all of a sudden it's eight o'clock at night and I'm on episode 10 of this thing. And I <laughs> binge the whole thing. I can't tell you the last time I even did that. This is so good. You guys so good. And I, I don't know. There's not like anybody super famous in it or anything. It is just the story yeah. of this girl and she's an actress that, Usually she's like real small and thin and she usually plays like real girly roles. Well, she's a complete badass. She was in that um, series, I think Timeless it was called, the, about the time travelers. Uh -huh. uh, I don't know Abigail if you need to Spencer. Yes. Okay. Thank you. She is a complete sadistic badass in this movie. And her brother, I don't want to give too much away, but... Her brother tries to kill her and leaves her for dead by dragging her behind his truck with chains. Well, she lives and she comes back for revenge. And this is one of the meanest, nastiest, <laughs> awesomest, <laughs> awesomest movie. It is just, it, it's, I don't know where it should be. It's, it's not movie, it's series, sorry. It's too good for Hulu. I don't know where it should be or why pe more people aren't talking about it. It's but too good for Hulu. <laughs> well, you know, like you hear Hulu and you're like, eh, I don't know. Oh, who says I, that? I, I think Hulu's yeah, stepping yeah, it up. Yeah, I guess just me. Just me. <laughs> They're stepping it up. Yeah. yeah I really I are. Mean, even, 
I mean, we, we were just on the last episode of or on the last Rotten Roundtable. You guys were talking about Servant on Apple TV. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's just so many TV shows out there and there's so many streaming services that, you know, there's going to be, you know, kind of diamonds in the rough that you're going to find on, you know, Apple Plus or Tubi or whatever the case may be. Okay, and well, this, this is, is absolutely like- one of them. This is the hope diamond of the rough, okay? This thing is so, so, so good. I guarantee you will be hooked. Although, Jerry, somehow you only watched one episode, so I don't know what's going on there. But this is so... I, it's, yeah. it's more a time thing for me. Yeah. Oh, you guys. I, I'm definitely going to watch this. And and this is um, this has c- come up when I bring you uh, Hulu up uh, to watch my nightly Andy Griffith show. Yeah, it's uh, Right <laughs> not, now, yeah. not Andy. Uh, no, I'm watching Beat Bobby Flay, I think. But uh, it it advertises this, mm-hmm. and but it looked to me almost like she was in like a superhero outfit. That's yeah. just what it looked like to me, and I was kind of like, no thanks, because yeah. I'm I'm kind of superheroed out right now. I I completely agree, but it's I kind of I don't even know why I watched the first one except it looked kind of 50s or 60s and stylized and uh-huh. it has really super good music in it and I was just like looking for something to watch before I started working while I was eating my breakfast and yeah. then I never left and I watched the whole thing but it's what it's weird it's kind of like it follows where you you don't have there's no way to tell when this is really happening or uh-huh. if it's even really happening because it could possibly have some supernatural stuff but you're never quite sure, but stuff happens that doesn't make any sense. And sometimes it's the 70s and sometimes it's the 50s and I don't know. So it's got really cool stylized um, element to it and it's really mean. So uh, as right. with some of the other things we've been talking about tonight, there is a lot of gore, straight up killing, like eye gouging horror in this thing, like that kind of horror. But the story is really, really good too. And you just... It's a, a group of underdogs that go go out and just try to get revenge on this group of biker guys, yeah. and it's I, just I it's just smart. added it just added it to my stuff. And oh, now that now know. that I'm looking at it, it doesn't look like a superhero. It it is like a 50s or 60s. It's very quaint. He's got like that sweater. Yeah, 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 yeah. Grindhouse almost. Grindhouse. That's it exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it. good. I'm going to watch it. I might watch an episode tonight. We'll see. Yeah, I've, I've known about this one for about uh, probably like six months now, just because, like I said, one of my poker buddies is in it. And, uh, yeah, he's been he's been talking about it, talking about finally getting a show. He's been an actor for, for over a decade. And, you know, he was very excited to get something on Hulu finally. So, uh, Do you know who he least... isn't? Do you know what his character is? Uh, Brew. His character is uh, Bar Guy Number Six. No, no, <laughs> oh, that's no. Guy. I'm <laughs> just kidding. You know I'm what, just... though? I mean, props to him because there is not one bad person in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. his character's name is Brew. Okay, just... I'll have to go back and look and see who that is. Okay. But she, 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 she needs somebody to team up with. So she goes around and like watches like little two bit crooks pulling off jobs, and she ends up hooking up with these two black guys and they are so funny oh and you it takes a lot to make me laugh i'm pretty hard on comedy but they are so funny and it is oh there's so much heart and the story is so good and it's just visually wonderful and yeah i can't recommend it enough Uh all right captain creepy 
Did we skip uh, Jerry? I thought he was next. Oh, do right. his. Mr. Venom. Mr. Venom, what you uh, got? All right. So my next uh, in my Christmas horror adventure is a movie from 2007. And this was a first time watch for me. I had never seen this. I had always heard stories of people saying that it was really good and that it has one really, really good kill that all horror fans need to see. And that is 2007's P2, directed oh, by yeah. Frank yeah. Coffin. Uh, and written by Alexander Aja, of course, who we all know and love. Um, he's a favorite of mine. So I didn't realize that he had written this, you know, over the last 12 years. So um, once I realized that, yeah, I went ahead and jumped on it. And man, did I end up loving this movie. Mm-hmm. It has its problems. There's, there's a lot of logic, uh, logistical stuff in here that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Y- you know, you might question um the girl's uh decision making at times but you know obviously um you know you're talking about a businesswoman who's never probably been in a situation like this where she's being held captive so um and the basic story is a businesswoman is pursued by a psychopath after being locked in a parking garage on christmas eve hence the title p2 which of course means parking level 2 which is where she is parked and where she first kind of runs into the antagonist of the film. I won't say too much more about it because um, you don't have to wait for long. I mean, um, we get the reveal of who the antagonist is fairly quick in the first act, and it's basically more of a cat and mouse game for a majority of the film. But um, about that kill, wow, yeah, um, that was definitely something I'm kicking myself for not experiencing sooner. It's really the only good kill in the film, honestly. I mean, there's a couple of others and maybe one that happens off screen, but um, this one in particular is so brutal, so mean-spirited that even though the guy, I mean, the guy who's you know being assaulted, definitely, I mean, he's no angel. But he definitely doesn't dissolve, uh, deserve this treatment. So uh, it was very mean-spirited, very gory, very bloody. Um, and you get to see the whole thing. There's no cutaways. It's just it's a great splat-tastic fun. So, um, yeah, that, that's P2 2007. I recommend it if you have not seen it. It is currently available to watch on IMDb TV for free. So check it out. That's P2. Very nice. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that, so I, I can't remember the the kill you're talking about, but um, I, I do remember liking it. So I need to go back. I'll just say, it. I'll just say uh, the chair kill. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I just don't remember. It's probably been oh. shoot five, six, seven years since I've seen it. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's it's so memorable though. I mean, that kill is going to be stuck in my head for years. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right, Captain Creepy. Okay, we're back to the Bavarian folklore uh, tip of the program. <laughs> it's back to Krampus, the 2015 Universal Studios uh, release of Krampus, starring uh, Hereditary's Tony Collette. So, yes. uh, that was uh, today. First time watch. Ooh, Are what? you serious? Yeah, man. I finally got around to it. Yeah, that's a great What'd you think? Yeah, it was. It was like the first part of it wasn't what I was expecting. I don't know. I was just expecting Krampus to come, you know, right out of the gate. But uh, I, I like how they, it's it's mixed with comedy and oh, and yeah. uh, suspense and all that. So and the creature uh, design was pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's one that I will definitely uh, be revisiting. 
That's probably yeah. I I absolutely love Krampus. It's it's slowly becoming my favorite horror movie ever. Uh, excuse me, my favorite Christmas horror movie ever. Let me correct myself. Um, but the biggest problem I actually had with the movie was the design of Krampus. It's so different get that than the frozen face. Yeah, exactly. Like, Almost it, like he's wearing a mask, right? It, to an extent, yeah. And he, and he's obviously like a lot. Well, I don't want to say shorter because he is tall, but I mean, the the, the general image of Krampus is the demon walking around on cloven hooves, you yeah. know, with big horns. I mean, the closest thing that most of us would know would be like Tim Curry's uh, character, Lord Darkness in Legend. Legend. That's mm-hmm. the more traditional look of Krampus. And he always has a very long tongue, you know, sticking mm-hmm. out of his mouth. They definitely took some artistic liberties with the design of Krampus. I don't dislike it by any stretch. I thought it was a little subtle, um, which is, which again is okay because they went more over the top with the other characters, the, the gingerbread guys and the toys and everything yeah. else. So the fact that Krampus himself is kind of more of a subdued antagonist still works for me, but I do, I, I love the original design of Krampus, like the, the traditional design of Krampus. Yeah. So, um, which, which you can see in all its glory in another great Christmas horror movie, which is actually called a Christmas horror story. Yeah. Um, with, uh, pretty yeah. cool design. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, that's one of the best, looking Krampuses I've seen on film. Uh, unfortunately, that movie isn't nearly what Krampus is, so stick to Krampus if you're looking for like some of the best Christmas horror out there. But yeah, like, it's just, like, still pretty good. I, enjoy I was going to say, I, I, I like it just as much. Yeah. No, I, I do too for different reasons, though all the shorts in it didn't really work for me. I absolutely love the Changeling story. I loved the Santa story and the Krampus story. I think there was one other one, though, that didn't work for me that's slipping my mind right now. But anyway, yeah. point is, um, I, I, I'm right there with Keith. I love Krampus. I think the comedy hits. Having David Koechner in there, and um, I forgot who played the grandma, but, uh, oh, man. Yeah, I just saw that earlier, and I forgot already, too. But, yeah, it was yeah, a, exactly. a nice little touch. She was, great. she was absolutely great. I mean, they obviously play the dysfunctional family for the first act of the film. Like when she's sharpening but, that big butcher knife. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very like uh, Christmas vacation. A little bit. I was going to say that. Yeah. I was going to say that. Cause the one guy reminded me of uh, what's his name's character in that. Um, Randy Quaid. Yeah. Randy Quaid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. We're going to go one more time around the round table. Don, so whatever you got left, just spill your guts, man. Okay. No problem. Um, this will actually be short because uh, the only other ones I have were um, All Through the House, which is a uh, Santa slasher, which I can't go. Is that is that the older one or the newer one? Because there's two of them. The newer one, the one from 2015. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. We reviewed that, uh, I believe near the beginning of the horror cast. Did you like that one? Yeah, I really liked it. Um incredible festive atmosphere. Probably it's, I would yes. say, Yeah, I would probably say this is like my favorite festive atmosphere of all time in a Christmas horror movie. It's really Maybe good Kramp- cinematography, isn't it? Oh, I mean, yeah, it looks good. It's, it's yeah. really slick and professional. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the last act. I don't like the idea of one of the things with me is that I don't like the idea of slashers kidnapping the final girl. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of that plotline, and I don't like where it takes the movie. It 
it takes it into this weird like torture porn kind of a thing you know third they dress the girl up and whatever the hell that outfit was and they do like yeah. these weird i'm not a fan of that i love 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 the stalking in this the santa that is some of um some of my favorite set pieces mm-hmm. cool um, mask cool oh, mask i love Dude. the mask yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> great mask love it um yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, really, really, re- really enjoyed that one. Um, and then the other one I saw was uh, Mrs. Claus. So uh, uh, kind of ironic; those are the last two I had saved. But um, yeah, <laughs> I-, I would have to say that All Through the House is definitely an underrated, an underseen Christmas yeah. slasher because yeah. that. I mean, it's it's definitely got its issues. It's not perfect, but man, I remember watching that, and and I was like, man, finally somebody is doing this well like using the christmas decorations and just capturing like christmas and then horror happening in the middle of it exactly yeah yeah it was just i mean and you would sometimes the the only light you would see it would be from the christmas lights yeah just the colors and stuff yeah i need to revisit that yeah what's he done since I have no idea, no <laughs> idea, but we should look it up. Yeah. All right. Well, it's my turn to go and I got a bunch of stuff. I'm going to go right through, um, that I did want to mention. I saw, uh, a movie, by the way, there's two movies from 2019 entitled, I see you. Uh, the first one stinks. Okay. That's on my <laughs> pile of crap, uh, which I'll say here in a minute, but, uh, the second one just came out in December the 6th. It stars Helen Hunt. Uh, it is directed by Adam Randall. And I'm going to say that this is more of a um, uh, a thriller. There's a, a crime, drama, thriller, slash horror. There is some horror in it. But uh, strange occurrences plague a small-town detective and his family as he investigates the disappearance of a young boy. Uh, it's good acting. There's some some uh, uh, there's a twist in it that out I wasn't expecting. Uh, I was expecting like a supernatural type of thing, and that's not what happened. So uh, it's it's definitely uh, worth your time if you like those sorts of movies. It's got a little bit of a mystery, a little bit of a uh, a twist. So go check that out. I see you. Uh, this is our home. Is 2019 just came out December 3rd. A struggling couple's weekend getaway goes a wire or a wire awry. <laughs> I was trying to say haywire or awry uh, when a child arrives in the middle of the night claiming to be their son. Oh, yeah, this is a weird, weird movie. It's it's ultra low budget, but it's shot really well. Um. There, there's a, there's a couple that go away. They're struggling. I think the, the man has kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily forced, but encouraged the woman to get um, an abortion. And in the middle of the night, there's a knock on their door, and it's it's a full grown like ten year old boy, and he's creepy and weird, oh. and he he he's calling them mom and dad, <laughs> and it just goes from there. Um, I think that 
it, it could have been creepier. Uh, they could have done a little bit more with it, but hey, uh, I don't think this uh, uh, this guy has really done much. Uh, Omri Durrani is his name. I've never heard of him before. Um, he he. Uh, let me see. He's directed fourteen movies. Well, most of them are shorts. Mm. And the last one he directed was How to Get Girls. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I'm not sure what kind of movie that is. But, yeah, this this is worth a watch. It, it's it's, a, it's a slightly above average, uh, but it is not, uh, it's not like end of the year list type of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, next one is called The Night Sitter. Jerry, have you seen this yet? I have not. Oh man, the Night Sitter is really good. August 9th is when it came, uh, August sixth, two thousand nineteen is when it came out. Uh, I believe you can um, you can rent this somewhere. I forget where mm-hmm. I saw it. Uh, YouTube or uh, Amazon Prime or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a con artist poses as a babysitter to steal from a wealthy occult enthusiast. One of the kids she's sitting unwittingly summons a trio of witches known as, guess what? The three mothers. Oh, no. Yeah. So <laughs> this, number one, has one of the coolest posters of the year. Uh, this is like a comedy slash horror. Uh, you know, this girl is a con artist. She's going in to this really nice house, and the guy is a is a occult collector, and things go crazy. And what it is is it's, it's, it's like a, a love letter to, like, Argento and, and all of that because of the um, the colors and the way that it's shot. Uh, it, it's a pretty good movie uh, to, to, to check out. It's called The Night Sitter. Um, on Netflix, there's a movie called The Heretics, uh, written and produced by our buddy Chad Archibald, who is one of the, the better younger directors uh, up from Canada. Uh, this one was filmed in 2017. It's just come out this year. Uh, on um, on Netflix, and it says uh, after she's kidnapped, a young woman begins to undergo a strange transformation. Basically, a cult kidnaps her, and she kind of changes. And I'm not going to go into spoilers. Uh, I've seen this several times. I really like it, and I wanted to bring you know bring it out to the forefront because I don't think anybody's talking about it or uh, has even seen it. Has anybody seen it here? Uh, yeah, I saw it in the theater last year. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I yeah, enjoyed that's it. good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, The Cleaning Lady is one that I saw. Uh, came out at the beginning of the year, and it's it's really crazy. It's kind of like a slashery type movie. As a means to distract yourself from an affair, a love-addicted woman befriends a cleaning lady who is badly scarred by burns. Uh, she soon learns these scars run much deeper than the surface. Yes, so it's got like a creepy, uh, creepy cleaning lady with, uh, with with a disfigured face. So mm-hmm. that that's a that's a decent movie. It's a, it's above average. And now my pile of crap, people. Uh, I'm just going to go right through it. These uh, over the past two weeks, the tombs, red handed, beneath the leaves, dead con, pull, or also known as pulled to hell, <clears throat> are all. In the pile of crap. Do not watch those. <laughs> those stink. 
And then there's another one that, man, I was so looking forward to watching this movie because I was like, maybe this is a hidden gem. Uh, I'm a sucker for period piece horror. That's why I was, I love the Nightingale and, and, and I love the witch and all of that stuff. And <clears throat> there's a movie I, I found and I don't remember where probably Amazon prime. It was called necromancer. Uh, anybody heard about this? I mean, I've I seen I multiple movies with that name. I've seen the name pop by on Facebook several times, but yeah, well this, this is, uh, it says it's, it's, it's a UK movie. It just came out, you know, this year, uh, hour, 28 minutes long horror. When a group of soldiers decide to flee from the Napoleonic wars that first of all, that got me right there. I was like, Ooh, period piece. Their journey home takes them through the black forest, leading them to an ancient evil and a fight for their lives. I was like, you've got me right there. That like a group of Napoleonic wars, soldiers going through a haunted forest with witches. I was like, Oh yeah. No, Nope. Nope. I was like, man, this is such a good premise such a good premise. And you know, I know this is ultra low budget and, and the costuming and everything looked good. Uh, but the script is just not good. And there were really no scares in it. Uh, the sound designed is horrible and I was so disappointed. And the next thing I'm going to be watching is an, a similar movie Two civil war soldiers from one from the North, one from the South have to go through a, a haunted forest or a, a, a forest um uh that where a, a witch lives and that's that's on amazon prime it's called hex h-e-x have you heard of that heard of yeah. it yeah that that one looks like to be like a similar plot thing mm -hmm. but it looks better so maybe i'll i'll find that we'll see we'll see but uh, that, that's that's all my stuff, and I've been watching a ton of craps because you know <laughs> I got nothing else to do. All right, um, Tammy. All right, unload. <laughs> I'm unloading. Um, so I watched the latest Joe Bob on Shutter. We called it his Red Christmas, and his three movies were one good one and two. I've got to throw on your pile of crap. Um, he had Black Christmas, perfection. Then he had Jack. Okay, the other two I've never seen. He had Jack Frost, Pile of Crap, Pile of Night, Deadly Night Two. You, yes. Okay, I'll buy that one. <sighs> it's on its own. It, it's 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 the crowning jewel of the pile of crap. Sound like Deadly Night Two is just a lot of clips from the first one. Yes, exactly. That's true. So yeah. That's true. I think yeah. Jack Frost is is campy, entertaining, fun. I mean. It's ne in no way is it meant to be a serious movie by any stretch nope, of the imagination. Yep, and I can appreciate. I will admit, it can't be fun, but yeah, I will admit that the one-liners were really starting to get stupid within twenty minutes of the film. But as far, I mean, come on, Shannon Elizabeth has sex with a snowman and she's uh, basically effed to death. Come on, <laughs> yeah, with a really carrot, with a carrot, yeah, and snowballs. Yeah, I must not I really think, I think Michael Keaton did a great job in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he's even better in the sequel. Oh, I, oh God. Yeah, the there is a Jack Frost, too, isn't there? Yeah, a snowman. In the, in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, a snowman in the Caribbean. Yeah. Imagine that. Figure that out. 
Is it really? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yes. That's seriously. Oh my gosh. How does he stay frozen? You're going to have to watch Don't the movie me. to find out. <laughs> Ice cubes and a tropical drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, seriously, seriously, the plot of the movie is the cop from the first one takes a vacation with his wife to the Caribbean because there's no snow in the Caribbean, but Jack Frost shows up and wreaks havoc. Oh <laughs> Guys, why aren't we making movies? Obviously, it, it takes no talent whatsoever. Hey, Jack Frost was not an easy movie to make from the interview that I uh, saw with the director. Um, for whatever it's worth, 10% of that movie's budget went to the suits. To the, all the Jack Frost suits. I think they made like six or seven of them. But uh, yeah, I mean, so obviously, and the budget wasn't that high to begin with. It was probably only about 100000 to start, and 10% of that went to the suit. But like I said, when I go into a movie that I know is going to be low-quality camp, and I know that they're not going for any kind of cerebral horror or any kind of you know actual storytelling, I can... Like I said earlier, I can shut my brain off and I can just enjoy the campiness. And yeah, Jack Frost is one of those that I admit I I was kind of right there with Tammy after the first time I I saw it because I didn't know what it was the first time I saw it. I went into it thinking it was it was like a family film. film. Yeah, not the family family film. Oh, God, no. (laughs) I knew it was the horror movie, but I just thought that they were going for a little bit more serious or darker take on it. But once I realized that it was 100% camp, I was on board. And every subsequent rewatch I've had has been a good time. And by the way, uh, listeners, I do know that it's not the Michael Keaton movie. I was just kidding. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and and the director and writer, uh, Michael Cooney, Mm-hmm. Get the, get this. What you know? What the movie he wrote right after Jack Frost Two was? Jack Frost Three. I, I, no, <laughs> no. Remember that movie Identity? Yes, that was yeah. not bad. John Cusack, Amanda yeah, Peet, Ray Liotta. That. That's a really yeah. good movie. Yeah. How do you go yeah. from writing Jack Frost Two, well, Killer Man, s- Killer Snowman in the Caribbean? Well, because he identity. knows his audience. He knows that no, Jack Frost Two. No. I know, I know, I know the story. Oh, go ahead. The story, the story. This was told from by my friends on the horror mafia. He's actually friends with the director of this um, Floridian anthology series, Scary Tales. Uh huh. And when they were filming Scary Tales two, one of the anthology segments was exactly identical to Identity. It was a group of people called out into this shack in the middle of the forest, and they get picked off one by one by the killer's various identities. And it turned out that the final twist was exactly identical to identity. And he, Cooney took the script and he fleshed it out into a full length feature and sold it as the script to identity. He actually took, he took (laughs) it as he, he took it from one of the segments in this anthology and fleshed it out into a feature length movie. Wow. Yeah, and identity and I've seen that scary tales as Donnie knows and yeah, yeah. identity they definitely improved on the short greatly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very nice. All right, you got any more thing any any I, more I, Tammy? I do. Now this next one is also kind of horror adjacent and I don't know how YouTube works, but I got a free 3 months to YouTube Premium and they've got like movies and shows. Mm-hmm. On there, I don't know if you, if anybody can see them or if you have to pay for. I don't know, but anyway, there's an anthology series on there done by Jordan Peele called Weird City. Hmm. Anybody seen it? No, never heard of it. Not, okay. I gotta pay for it. 
<laughs> well, I, I I don't know. I mean, I have it three for three. It, yeah, for, if it's YouTube try Premium. Try saying free for three months. I can't say it, but yeah. yeah. If, um, if it's, it's YouTube it's, Premium, then you got to pay for it, yeah. Okay, well, I, somewhere I got it free. I don't know. Um, it's kind of Black Mirror-ish. It's better than his Twilight Zone. That thing was, that's over there in the pile of crap, too. This is actually uh, not bad. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah. You thought Twilight Zone was a pile of crap, huh? Yes. Am I kicked off of here again? Possibly. Yep. What, a one-year yep. ban. Yeah, one-year ban, and we'll see. Uh, I'm talking about the Twilight Zone remake. You guys liked that? Uh, I liked up? episodes of it, yes. there were, there nope, were certain Nobody ones puts Jordan Peele in the corner, Tammy. That's oh. right. You know what, though? I didn't like Us either. Yep, I said it. I oh, said oh it. Not, that's a two-year ban. Oh, I said oh. it. Yes. Oh. Definitely two years ban right there. <laughs> but you know, I'm looking at uh, Peel. Jordan Peel only wrote one episode in this. Mm, he uh, directed it or something, though. Or what? Yeah. Are you talking about Weird City? Yeah. He's all over it. Yeah. He probably just produced it. It doesn't something mean that he, he something did. Yeah, yeah. He probably didn't have any creative input on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it seems to be like a, a Twilight Zone esque type thing. It I'll is. take a look at it. I'll take it's, a look at it. It is not bad. Um, and then to wrap it up, I watched the next, I guess it would be two episodes now of Servant. And that is still really, really good. Yep. And yep. Castle Rock finally wrapped up. And I have a corrections corner because last time when I was on here, I said that it didn't have anything to do with season one. And then the very last two episodes tied in season one, but not so that you would have to watch season one to enjoy season two yeah. and it obvious from the way that it ended that there will be a season three and it looks like it's all going to be about annie wilkes who man she went off the deep end at the end of that thing but that yeah. was so good so good so i still highly recommend that and i think that's it for me Nice. Yeah, I still haven't watched it yet, but serving is still good and i still don't know what the heck's going on no anyway. i don't either nope don't know. All right, Mr. Venom, what you got? All right, the last thing I'm going to talk about tonight is a 2003 Christmas horror film. Once again, this is one that flew under my radar when it came out, even though it stars two actors that I absolutely love, and that is Lynn Shay and Ray Wise um, mm -hmm. from RoboCop and Twin Peaks. Um, and that movie is 2003's Dead End. Um, love that movie. Oh, yeah, love I, I love that movie. definitely flew under my radar. I'd never, I had never even heard of it until this year. And really? somebody recommended oh. it. Yeah, I, I had never even heard of it, literally. And somebody recommended it to me this year. I went ahead and watched it. And yeah, I had a really good time with it. It's an incredibly predictable movie. I, uh -huh. I mean, I think I think most people are gonna call out the ending within twenty minutes easily. Um, uh, I had half hour, but yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, it was right after the perceived car accident. I'm like, ah, that's where they're going with it because the movie is basically a beat for beat remake. Oh sh shoot, I can't really even say that, can I? 
Um, well, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's from 1962. It's in black and white, and I'm not going to say what it is because it'll basically give away the entire story of Dead End. But <laughs> I know not... what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but basically, the synopsis is this. On his way to his in-law's house on Christmas Eve, Frank Harrington decides to try a shortcut for the first time in 20 years, and it turns out to be the biggest mistake of his life. Um, it, it's a very interesting movie in the sense that um it depending on how perceptive you are you might not really know what's going on because they don't really lay it on the line exactly what's going on until the reveal at the end obviously like i said because the movie that this movie is kind of paying an homage to is one of my favorite movies ever i saw it coming a mile away but ultimately that didn't uh, affect my enjoyment of it. I thought that all the performances were great. Um, the very first frame of the movie is Ray Wise and Lynn Shea getting into an argument in the car. So instantly it's like, ah, recognizable faces. Awesome. Um, and also, any, if there's any fans of Twin Peaks out there, um, hearing Ray Wise in this movie yell out for his wife, whose name is Laura, just gave me total Twin Peaks tingles all over my sexy body. It was amazing. Sure. Uh, just so, yeah, if you, if you're a fan of Twin Peaks, you know that, you know, Ray Wise played Leland Palmer, who was Laura Palmer's father. So like I said, to hear him yell out Laura in the woods. Yeah. I just totally was getting Twin Peaks, uh, flashbacks, but, um, yeah, it's a really interesting story. Like I said, family driving on Christmas Eve, they almost get into a car accident. And, and from that point on, mysterious things start happening there is a black hearse that's kind of following them uh you know on their journey they're on this road that is not supposed to be as long as it actually is like they're just driving just driving endlessly and the road never ends which might give you a little idea of what you're kind of getting into but um yeah this movie had some decent gore um i mean there, there was a the, the problem that i had with this movie at least on first watch was that they hid a lot of visuals from the audience, like people's bodies that they were finding. And it was annoying me at first. But then once you get the reveal later on, it makes more sense why that information was kept from the viewer. So um, it, it's a quick movie. It's only an hour and 25 minutes long. It, it gets right into the action fairly quickly. Um, it gets right into the mystery, you know, within 10, 15 minutes of the start of the film. So yeah, this is this is probably one that I'll revisit, uh, you know, maybe every couple of Christmases. But yeah, this was a fun movie, um, not too gory for the kids. It is rated R, but you know, it, it, there there wasn't like excessive gore or violence or anything like that. So um, yeah, that's a recommend for me. Two thousand and three's Dead End. All right, and Captain Creepy, I think you said you were done. You didn't have another. Yeah, yep. I haven't had a lot of time to watch, and he said, "Yeah, I'm done." All righty. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Let's go around and uh, give our plugs. Uh, our special guest, Don, where can people uh, uh, find you on the internet? What are you up to? All right. Um, well, like I mentioned at the start of this, um, I write for a website known as Asian Movie Pulse. Uh, you can find it online at AsianMoviePulse.com and uh, Facebook, Twitter. We're launching an Instagram page for that site. So uh, if you want to check out um asian films it's not a horror specific site it's 
Asian cinema. So um, you're going to find stuff like, you know, your Jackie Chan's, your Indonesian um, films, your Korean romances, your... It's like a general grab bag of movies, but it's Asian film specific. So, um, I mean, I'm like the main horror writer there. So I get all the main stuff, but if you're interested in like generally diving into all forms of Asian cinema, come check us out. Um, I have my own website, which is um, horror specific, uh, Don's World of Horror and Exploitation. Um, you can find that um, online, or you can you find that at Don's Horror World Blogspot.com. Um, and, uh, I do host a podcast with Jerry that I'm going to let him cover, but, um, my main show is the horror mafia. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know when we'll come back. We've been on hiatus for several months. Um, I know I mentioned last time me and Jerry recorded that there was rumblings of a comeback. Uh, the rumblings have gotten quieter since then. So... Yeah, um, I don't know if we'll be back. I don't know when. So if you want to check the back catalog, we're on Horrorphilia. But um, other than that, uh, I guess that's all for me. That's all right. We took our we took our sabbatical <laughs> this, yeah. this past year. We were going for five months. So, yep. Well, hope to hear you uh, on on the uh, podcast again soon, man. And I hope that you come mm-hmm. back here. Uh, it, was, it was fun having you. Yeah, definitely. All right, Mr. Venom. All right. Well, I'm just going to run down the list of my 47 podcasts so that we don't take up too much time. Um, But, of course, as you're listening right now, the Horrorcast, the first show to give me a chance. Thank you, Mark Nato. I will always be in debt to you. And look at what you did. Look at what you did. Um, I started it and can't can't get the the train off the track now. It's it's going down the hill. All right. So as far as my other shows, you can hear me on No More Room in Hell. No More Room in Hell presents Fresh Cuts, where we specifically talk about the newest uh, genre releases, either in theaters or streaming, VOD, whatever the case may be. Uh, You can also hear me on Theme Warriors, Cult Unknown, The Slice and Dice Dreadcast. I recently joined the cast of It's Not Horror, Okay? Which is basically just a commentary, a movie commentary show, so... That one was easy to add because there's not really a whole lot of prep. It's just watch the movie and, you know, be silly and stupid, you know, during the commentary. And then uh, the show that Don was just referring to is Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. It is uh, the brainchild of Jerry Herring from Kill the Cast. Um, You can hear Don, myself, and Mr. Derek B. from the Cinema Attack podcast talk about all things kaiju, you know, including Godzilla, Gamera, Mothra movies. Uh, And we're also in the middle of our retrospective of the Ultraman series from the late 60s. So that's always a fun time. Um, that's a monthly podcast and you can find that one on the Legion podcast network. Uh, as far as social media goes on Facebook, I am Mr. Venom on Twitter. I am at Jerry Venom on Instagram. I am at Venom horror. If you want to drop me an email, the address is Mr. Venom podcasts at gmail.com. Sweet. What about you, Taminator? (laughs) Well, like Mr. Venom, Mark. I would be nothing without you. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
I don't know. I mean, I get invited. We are your humble servants. <laughs> 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 okay, you may you may kiss the hand. You may kiss okay. The hand. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I get invited on here every once in a while, but it might be iffy after tonight. So, no, no. We're gonna have to have a meeting. After the things you said about uh, what was it? What was what? The, us and the Twilight? Yeah. Us and the Twilight. Jordan Peele. Jordan you don't mess with JP, baby. True. Don't do it. After the things you said, I don't know if I can even forgive you. But uh, you know, I'm kidding. I don't care. You like what you like, and you don't, you know. But uh, if you if you do put Annabelle on your top ten list, oh God, no, I, of the no, year, no. you will not be asked back. No, that is absolutely the truth. No, absolutely. I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> don't put it on there. Anyway, I wouldn't have anyway, but now I really won't. Uh, no, no. <clears throat> so where can we find you? Anybody want to email you? Or are you, I know you're Facebook. on Facebook. Yeah, just my Facebook. All right. Oh, there's this legend, this like this unicorn of a podcast called Rad Radio that I've you know that like hangs out there in the Rad Radio. Yeah, hey, I need 15 episodes available. What well, I need to I need well, they're not up anymore. I got to put them oh. back up. And uh, there's like 15 sitting ready to go, aren't there? <laughs> <laughs> but may, we might see uh, Red Radio again in the new year. We'll see. I, I, I've got to, uh, I've got to find all the episodes. I found um, all 15 episodes, and then I was listening to them, and they're not the, um, they're not the edited ones. And oh. I'm like, where are the edited ones? So I, I had you computer problems. Do you remember that? Like and that. I've yeah. got like. I've got four like huge hard drives full of stuff, so it's it, they're probably in there somewhere. So, oh, fine. Yeah, and this, be is, this is podcasting with Mark. That's they're right. probably in there somewhere. That's right. They're in there somewhere. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, Captain Creepy. Well, when I'm not jump flick flushing, you can find me on, <laughs> on uh, episodes of Rad Radio. You could also find me on uh, older episodes on uh, the Hardcast, such as. What was it, episode five and episode six? That's when Mr. Mark uh, introduced me to the uh, podcasting world. So this is our, this is the, this is my tribute to him. And you can find me on uh, Jordan Peel doesn't suck dot (laughs) com. I remember remember that episode. You you I remember that episode that you were on because Uh you crap you crapped all over uh, John Carpenter's Prince Prince of of Darkness. Darkness. And you're lucky that. that you got your your butt another I, invite so well well i still agree with that if i watch it today i would stick to my guns on that one that was a uh, made in 1987 and it looked like it was made in the 70s so um you, only you cool bastard. points was alice cooper was in that movie that's the only thing that sold that movie you know what i'm gonna kill you with a bike with a bike <laughs> with just a like bike, alice cooper bike frame <laughs> so all right like, what about uh, your email Oh yeah, the email is at the horrorcap uh, gmail dot com, and also uh, like I did last time, I just want to give a shout out to the military folks out there that listen to this podcast because they do a lot for us. And if you're out and about and you see these guys, thank them. Yes, we're proud to be American. Americans. All right, <laughs> all right. If you want to uh, email us, ask the horrorcast at gmail dot com. Follow us on Twitter at the HCast. We're also on Instagram, HorrorCast. Oh, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, please leave us a, uh, 
a wonderful five-star review on iTunes or wherever. I, I did want to mention, you know, I've been working hard. We, we are available basically absolutely anywhere that podcasts are. We, we're now on iHeartRadio. We're now on TuneIn. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're, we're, we're everywhere. So no one has an excuse not to listen, except if you don't like us. So uh, it, it, especially those of you who don't like Captain Creepy. That's okay. Uh, I'm j- just kidding. Nobody still has sent me any emails to the, the horror cap thing, too, by uh, the way. Please, somebody, for the love of God, send him an email. All I'll right. walk your dog if you do. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode, this Rotten Roundtable episode of the Horror Cast, where we're all killer, no filler. Stay scared.